This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. Antiquities. Tonight, the last generation, we are reviewing the final episode, the series finale of Star Trek Picard. We'll give our wrap up of the whole, I guess, season, and we can talk about the whole series as well. So my name is Jeff, and I'll be the captain for this evening's podcast. This is Harry, returning from the dead for more trials of humanity once again. One more time. Yeah. For all you obtuse piece of flotsams out there. <laughs> and I'm Nathan, and I'm just the cook. Yeah. <laughs> but not like in a Steven Seagal way, just like in a guy got assigned to the wrong ship kind of way. <laughs> that guy was funny, but he was such a plug, this cook guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah I like that guy. He was, yeah, he's he good. It was, was funny. He was a plug, like. You would think there'd be some basic level under training for emergency situations. He did have situations. the basic level under training, but he had to go run the deli back home. He had no choice. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> kind of like that little bit there. I thought that was pretty good. We'll talk about that. All right. Well, this is it, guys. This is Star Trek Picard. How's everybody doing? Very good. good and weird. Kind of a weird melancholy of just like, like that's, well, I don't know. I guess it sort of feels like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, is it? Or, or is, is it? it? I, guess I guess in this can... day and age, truly, <laughs> just don't know. nothing is... How many times, this is at the front of my mind, like how many times have we seen the last chapter of like the Halloween franchise? Mm -hmm. You know, so I guess never say never again. Well, here we are, season three, episode 10, Star Trek Picard, The Last Generation. And I think we got we got lots to talk about. So I'm not going to do a plot synopsis, but I do, you know, we will kind of go blow, blow by blow this time here. I think there's lots to go through here. Maybe before we start that, just going into the episode, what were your thoughts and feelings, hopes, dreams, worries, all of that? Harry, why don't you start us off? Oh, boy. I mean, that's a tough one because this is, you know, we got the revelation of the Borg, as I mentioned last time. Not a fan of that. Knowing that, my hope was is that it would not be just straight to the wall action. I wanted a little bit of Star Trek intellect, you know, like Picard could. And I really wanted Picard to be the center of it all. Like I wanted him mm -hmm. to fool the Borg queen or do something. And then I wanted a bit of those. Maybe I didn't think it would get addressed and it did not get addressed, but maybe just something about that bit more of that Starfleet morality and maybe they would go in the direction because you know the borg queen in this episode does even state evolution and i think we can talk about the borg as a whole i'm assuming and i've only watched the episode once and that was last thursday i didn't have time to watch it today even though i wanted to i think the borg queen had mentioned something about after the events of voyager they were left kind of fucked and so they were starving, mm -hmm. decomposing, all of that kind of stuff. And then they were looking and then she mentions evolution. So I know we got a bit of that kind of story. Very not well done with Gerardi in, in season two and what became of the Borg. And I'm not going to go down that route again. Looks like none of that's addressed. And as you said, Jeff or Nathan, this is something different or it's the old prime Borg or whatever they call it. Yeah. So I was hoping there'd be some intellect. So they'd find a clever way to do something. It wasn't just going to be shoot, 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 and that's it. And then just the death and destruction of everything. I wanted, like, and then I wanted Picard 
to have that kind of legacy in the sense of resolving the Borg threat. Because I thought that's where they could potentially go with this. I really want Star Trek to be that intellectual thinking man's thing. And I know we were not presented with any of that this season. It's just been nostalgia and it's just been action. There's room for that. But I was hoping maybe they could, Nathan, you mentioned, pull a rabbit out of their hat in this one. And there'd be something clever to it. And I wanted action. I wanted a mix of both. And I wanted a nice resolution. And I'm going to be honest, guys, I think I wanted the sacrifice. I did not want just here's a happy ending. And that's kind of what I was feeling going into this. I was hoping for a bit of something, self-sacrifice or something along those lines. Probably mainly dealing with Picard. That was my instinct. And I think we were led to believe in some scenes in this episode. That's where it could have been headed as well. And I wanted the Enterprise F also to join the action somehow. I thought that'd be kind of fun. Enterprise D, Enterprise F. You know, if you're going down this route anyways, you know, it's just fan servicey stuff. Maybe that could have been interesting. I wanted something with a new Enterprise there. And I wanted every classic TNG character to have their And I think that there yeah. there was some success there as well. So anyways, okay, that's what I was yeah. thinking. All right. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Nathan, what about you? What, are you, what were your... Harry demands blood. He demands... <laughs> Thoughts of feelings. Your blood. <laughs> yeah. So I think I, think I felt... Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I demanded a sacrifice, but I definitely wanted to see, yeah, you know, some action going into it and some resolutions to, you know, some, a few dangling threads. And I was kind of hoping hoping that everyone at least had a good moment going into this or by the end of the episode where everyone kind of has something to do because, you know, there are, you know, TNG characters that kind of got short shrifts during its run. You know, Troy and Beverly kind of come to mind. And I think I just kind of wanted a little bit of resolution to also Picard's like conflict with the Borg. I mean, it's just been beaten to death and I was kind of hoping it's like, okay, can we just kind of resolve it now because you know i kind of felt like up to this point i don't know it just felt like something we had kind of retread in the other seasons i thought okay is this finally going to kind of put that nail in it yeah i mean i didn't necessarily want like a heavy action episode but a little action would be nice I think, uh, although, you know, I, I do think that just with like the age of like the original crew, like you're not going to get like a ton of, you know, them running around the Borg ship and stuff like that. Most of the actiony actions is going to kind of come from everyone on the Titan, but they too were just kind of sitting around for the most part. <laughs> I tried to go in with like not like sky high expectations because I knew that if I if I did that, then I would be left with nothing other than disappointment. So. I kind of had a similar approach to it. I, I had, I just sort of naturally had high expectations just because, you know, we, we love these characters so much and, you know, I wanted to see everybody get their moment and I kind of wanted a, you guys remember Star Trek six and Star Trek six sort of starts off with Captain Kirk clearly still raw over the death of his son and really not down with the Klingons. And he has to sort of go through a lot of that movie, like doing his duty, but sort of hating the fact that he has to. And then he, you know, eventually has to reckon with the fact that it's time to move on from that. And I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I, I really felt they came to a good resolution with uh, Kirk and like, you know, his longtime nemesis. Oh, yeah. And, and admitting his prejudice, right? Yeah, exactly. Against them. And I think that's one of the strongest takeaways from that movie, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah. just, you know, obviously the Cold War's ending in reality yeah. at that time. And that's just your commentary right there. Beautifully done. That's why it's one of the best Star Trek yeah. movies. Yeah, beautifully done. And 
I maintain it's the best Star Trek movie, but um, we don't need to get into all of that. No. But so you're saying then Picard should have been going, I've never trusted the Borg. <laughs> I never will. <laughs> and everybody would have been like, no shit, dude. I can never forgive them the death of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> where, where I feel like the Borg, after everything that's happened, they'd be more pissed off at Janeway than Jean-Luc Picard. But yeah, they yeah. fuck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, yeah. <laughs> Like it was Voyager that fucked up the board. Yeah. Upcard. Yeah. I mean, shit. So that is the story. You know, again, I've only seen it once. But this is the fallout from the end of Voyager, Voyager. right? The state of the yeah. Borg what's yeah. going through them. Okay. Yeah. Which is still very confusing, yeah. given the events of the last season. I feel. Anyone disagree with that? Like just no, I, hear no. what you said. The first season of Picard, I mean, yeah, part of that, like, it's more in the background of the, like, the fallout of what happened to the Borg after Voyager, right? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, in the first season, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was just kind of more, like, just sort of, like, some of the more kind of world-building stuff, but. Yeah. I don't know, it's very, like, the Borg, like, the Voyager did very strange things with the Borg as a concept, I thought. So the first thing I think we neglected to acknowledge on our previous discussion on the Borg of like their dealings with it in season two, if you remember, right? Like the Borg queen that they had with them was from an alternate timeline, right? So I guess when yeah. they went back in time and that one merged with Gerardi, that wasn't like the Borg from like our continuity. That was a different like set <laughs> essentially. Right? It's from, from the Kelvin timeline. timeline. So, I mean, it was oh, silly. Boy. I mean, it's silly, but like that didn't really have anything to do with the Borg from our hit, like the history that we know from Star Trek with their encounters with the Enterprise, their encounters with Voyager, first contact, all that stuff that had nothing to do with with uh, Allison Pill. That was the Borg queen from another reality. You're correct, Jeff, but I think the way someone can be led to believe the way season two finishes is that because the Borg will change and have changed, even though they came from an alternate timeline, that mentality would spread throughout the galaxy based on the Gerardi Borg. And that's where I come from. I was under yeah. that same impression. Like, even though, like, the queen that they brought with them was from an alternate timeline, the fact that they sort of remained there in the early 21st century, I sort of assumed that they would have merged with the Borg of that time at some point along the way. There, well, and maybe I remember season two a little bit too well for what season two deserves because it was a disaster. She said specifically that she was not going to do that. She was going to go and do something different. Like oh, after she yeah. merged, she had a mission to like go. It was a similar thing where like like that Borg mission where they wanted to eliminate like poverty and inequality and all that. They wanted to raise quality of life for all life forms. That was her mission. She also said we're going to find the downtrodden, the people who need us, and we will only assimilate them if they want to be assimilated. So they had a completely different mm. situation. So they were off in a, in a totally different part of the galaxy doing totally different shit. Again, but which season part? two is There's only the so. four quadrants. Well, that's true. And they're, they're all really taken. Yeah, they're all taken. Yeah, it's really a small neighborhood when you get right down to it. But anyway... You know, to kind of get back to what I was saying, I, I but I was looking for that Captain Kirk Klingon type resolution. Something like that was what I was hoping for, along with just cool things for the legacy characters to do. Anything above and beyond that or other than that, I didn't really have too much of a feeling for. But that's the, you know, I guess that, that can kind of lead us right in. So why don't we just start talking about the episode and we'll go from there. So first few scenes for me... I actually really like how Paramount is opening all the Star Trek shows with sort of the same graphic, but with the starship that's specific to that. Mm -hmm. yeah. They used the yeah. SD for this one. Yeah, they did. 
And may I point out that this kind of opening just trumps the Star Wars shitty thing that they do for their TV shows with that flashing yeah. of the helmets. I'm yeah, the Star really Wars one's of that. just kind of dull. Yeah, this one I love. It's got the spirit of Star Trek. Not just this episode, but just the way they're doing it since, I guess, yeah. Strange New Worlds but, has premiered, right? But like Jeff, I like it too, where they, like it's tailored for the specific mm-hmm. show. So I like that they did it with yeah. the D. Yeah, because, uh, you know, like Lord Dex all, has yeah. it, you know, with the Ceratos, you know, and everything. It's funny because it took me a little while to clue into that. Cause like it happens. Prodigy so does it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't even realize it's for different yeah. for every show. I always yeah. thought it was Kirk's Enterprise there, technically on e- in each one. But I guess not. No, they do the specific oh, starship okay. for a particular show. Yeah. Okay. So, like they've been doing it for the tight this season. Oh, jeez. And, uh, <laughs> Shows yeah. how much I've been paying attention. Well, no, but it, it but it goes yeah. by it goes by pretty fast, and the Titan yeah. has like. That like constitution, constitution class, yeah. like style, yeah. right? Yes, we open right in to Walter Koenig giving a voice cameo, anyway, as President, President Anton Chekhov. Yeah, yeah. Grandson or something, yeah. It's his son, I think, is oh, what they say. I, I believe it's his son. I think that's the implication, yeah. Yeah, because he talks about how his father possibilities, and I like the nod to Anton Yelchin with the name yes. of the yeah. president. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. They're a very, the speech very reminiscent of Star Trek Four. I don't know if you guys felt oh, the yes. same. Oh, yes. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's, I love that scene out of Star Trek Four. So the fact that they yeah. had nice homage to it without like a straight lift, I thought was really good. Yeah. Cool way to open an episode. And I thought a, a few really hero shots for the lifted from TNG. They had the kind of the star field from the opening, but it's sort of like where they pan over top of the saucer and then swing around to the back. I don't know what you guys thought of that. I like that. I thought it was I, great. I love that. You cut out there a little bit, but I think we got the, you're, gist, talk, yeah. you're talking about like the, um, like going through the star field, but then like the way the camera kind of like starts on the enterprise and then pans over the top. It's, it's weird. Cause it's actually in the show that was like be two separate shots, but this is like one continuous yeah. movement, but the start yeah. and the finish are, yeah, I love that. I thought that was great. I thought it looked yeah. awesome. You, you know, you don't dwell on it too much, but it's like a good shout out. And I think like a, a fun thing for fans. Yeah, great shot. It's just great to see new shots of the Enterprise D. You know, it's never, I don't want to say it's never looked better because it's always looked great. Really special to see it there. So we get the resistance, or seven leading the resistance on the Titan, where they're trying to take back the Titan there. I guess let's just talk about sort of the opening here where they're, you know, they warp in on Jupiter, then we're cutting back and forth between the action on the Titan. Nathan, what are your initial thoughts here? Just to the opening couple of beats here. I mean, seeing like that Borg ship in the eye of Jupiter or the storm of Jupiter, the eye of Jupiter there, I mean, I thought it looked really cool, even though it's just to look cool. Like there's real no kind of reason for it to sort of be there, I guess. I don't know. It's not really uh, conspicuous. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it just looks cool. That's all it is. Seven and Rafi taking back the bridge. It's kind of an interesting weapon that Seven has, like a transporter gun. Have we seen something like that before? I feel like we have. We have. So there was that two-part episode of TNG. I think it was in season seven where Picard was like undercover right. on their guns, like transported you. Yeah, right. Like okay. that group of pirates. Yeah, okay. So Seven is incorrect. She did not invent yeah. the portable beam me up. This and was insurrection. Her... We're forgetting about insurrection there. They shoot those little darts and then they get transported. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. I've kind of put that movie out of my mind. <laughs> As you yeah, I know. I was just yeah. like, insurrection. What is that? What was that again? I don't... I think I've I literally know. seen that movie, I think, twice tops. Maybe yeah. just the one time. I wrote this note down a couple of times, but like basically it's like, guys... 
this isn't John Wick, like take cover. Like everyone walks up to each other, yeah. like, like just like point blank. And it's funny, like everyone's like a terrible shot. Like that bridge isn't that big. Like you can't like shoot multiple times and like not hit. I thought it was just kind of funny the way the action was staged, but it's like, ah, whatever. Yeah, the actions on the Titan was not staged very well. I mean, if you even remember back in season two in episode one, where we didn't know that was Gerardi Borg and the Borg just kind of come there and there's some shots oh, fired. And people people are dodging and pe- yeah. it's actually not a bad first couple scenes there in the first episode because the action staged better. People are actually moving like they're being shot yeah. at or trying to take cover here. It's just yeah. I agree with yeah. you. It's just walk and yeah. shoot, walk and shoot. And I think yeah. that's unfortunately the shortcoming of if metallus directed this one i'm assuming so metallus directed this one i wonder if they didn't have money to hire stunt doubles and they just had actors for i think that was kind of it because it's like well there is no stunt because no one no there's not right they're all they're doing they're just walking onto the stage with purpose and they're just hitting a mark and pointing a weapon and they even do it later in the episode and they're even like in even closer quarters it seems like it's just just hilariously terrible mm -hmm. if they cut a little fast like they walk on shoot and hit the mark then maybe it works a little bit it disguises a bit but they don't they walk in they shoot 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 they get shot at the shoot they get shot at nobody's hitting anything you're right the bridge isn't that big like you got a laser gun man like if i guess if you had sort of walked in and it was a little bit more like seal team six ish of like you just shoot yeah. a, like everything and everything but like down. but they the assimilated uh crew like they have their backs turned you know seven and roughly they wait for like that one guy to like turn around the chair and stand up <laughs> and lift his arm <laughs> and then they shoot him it's like and that was after they'd already like transporter shot some of the other crew i think he was like the last one and they oh it was just it was just kind of so it was so funny mm-hmm. to watch I wanted some GoldenEye classic N64 strafing. Circling <laughs> circles. That's what I want. The circle strafe? Yeah, circle that's strafe. right. <laughs> While crouching. Around and around the bridge, everyone While, goes, right? And crouching down, too. Like, that's so right. Just like at odd job level, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, no, you couldn't crouch in uh, GoldenEye, could you? No, I think that was... If you chose odd job, you were naturally <laughs> naturally shorter, yeah. That's, that's why right. most sane groups had a no odd job rule. We did, I think, Jeff. We had a no odd job rule, I think. Yeah. I think my group allowed it just because some of us like were just terrible enough that it kind of justified taking that character. <laughs> Unless it was like a specific, like, okay, one guy's odd job and everybody hunts odd job. I think we did that. That's right. Yeah, we've done that one. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any other more thoughts. I mean, it's like, you know, we're getting into it, like the action. So, I mean, poorly staged action aside, I feel like it was like, okay, it's like a great start to like the episode as, as a whole, right? Because as meaningless as it is to have like the Borg ship in the storm there, it looks really cool, I thought. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. After that, they're at Jupiter. Data has his line about how much he hates the Borg, which I was a bit mixed on. Mm-hmm. Same here. The I was line. Like, it seemed off. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah. It was like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I uh, agreed. I wrote that down as yeah. a note. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of the end. I was just like, what? And then I. If you're going to do that, if you're going to do that and we're all up to nostalgia, he says, I hate them. <laughs> it's revolting. <laughs> it's revolting. <laughs> yeah. Might as well go go all the way if you're going to do that then, right? I also Borg? thought that it was kind of like a callback to when Lore was kind of like messing with him when Lore took over the Borg. I know he didn't like say that line or anything like that, but it weirdly reminded me of that episode. Hmm. See, I didn't even think of Descent. I was thinking more First Contact, so that's interesting. No, I was thinking Descent. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Actually, that makes a bit more sense to me now, but even still, it just was weird. It was just weird. I don't know. 
I think that was the only TNG classic character moment that felt somewhat off in this episode. I was agree. that moment right there with Data. I hate them. <laughs> it's just, okay, thanks, yeah. Data. I hate them. You don't okay, say. Yeah. I mean, like, none of us are fans, dude. Like, And then they go through a whole big scene of just teching all of the tech bullshit, finding beacons, finding Jack, blow this thing up, and all the rest. I know that there's, it's a given in Star Trek where there's just going to be some tech bullshit but boy they really it really felt like they they dialed up that here and i really didn't care for that setup well i mean we'll talk about more there but after that when they're like okay hey, well it's clear that picard is gonna go after jack i thought they had some it was a real good moment there with picard saying he's gonna go down to the ship yeah. or go over to the cube sorry and you know he says it's been on serving with you all and that's nobody says anything well yeah and i but, think that's well, immediately, I think Riker goes, no, I'm coming with you. And then Worf also says the same thing. Those are good yeah, moments, he says, but sorry, go ahead. I'll make it a threesome. Yeah, yeah, the threesome joke. Again, we can laugh now. I know Star Trek's a bit more adult, so they're targeting the, even though that's not a very dirty joke, but it's something that feels like Worf would say without knowing what it really meant. Even though I know what Worf would know what a threesome is. I'm not saying he wouldn't, but that would completely taken out of context. But it just feels odd the way the responses are between Riker and Worf in this series. I felt that there's a bit, there's something off there. And it's not about Riker's attitude towards Worf. I know he's always kind of had kind of this these kind of one-offs with Worf a little bit, not in an antagonistic way, but he's trying to get a rise out of him somehow. It just feels something's off. I don't know if you guys agree. Even this one, because Riker goes, do you even hear yourself talk sometimes? Yeah, it's strange. Oh, and it's very more, it, it feels more like it's just coming from the actors being very, very familiar with each other mm -hmm. as opposed to like an accurate character moment. Yeah, I agree with you. It feels yeah. more like Frakes to Dorn instead of Riker to yeah. Worf. But it's not like so off that it throws oh, it did, everything did it out of it. No, no, but, it, it but you're not. right. It's it stands out. Yeah, and I'm saying it's kind of the same thing I felt all season between Riker and Worf. He's been constantly trying to get some kind of rise out of Worf. And it's like, you know, like whether he was talking to Troy and he was talking to him originally saying, hey, I'm trying to get a rise out of you. What's going on, Worf? You know, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just felt that they're trying to push the same button too many times, just with different verbiage. But that's just me. Anyways, but I agree. These moments on the bridge were fantastic. Uh, so again, going back, I thought this was going to be a sign that Picard was not going to make it. And that's okay. Whether they you want to trick you or not, it's fine to get that kind of people second guessing. You're increasing the tension that way. So I don't mind having scenes like this. So that's good. I'm sure you guys noticed the look between Riker and Troy. Great moment mm -hmm. there. Yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. And did you guys even notice Beverly couldn't even look at Picard as he left? Yeah. She was looking at the screen because yeah. she, she couldn't say goodbye to Picard either. These were fantastic moments. And I loved how he gave Jordy the, the con there, give yeah, him the captain's seat because Jordy yeah. deserved it. Not just for, you know, giving these kind of, you know, we can all say the TNG crew are equals, but in reality on the show, they were not. So now you're giving Jordy a little bit more of importance here. And we know he probably, I think he was captain after the TNG. TNG, like in kind of those legends yeah. or whatever they call it before well, he no, went to the it, fleet museum. No, that, that's he the had case. A right? on Voyager, Voyager, Voyager that's right. Uh, he was Voyager, chasing he, Paris, right? But it was an so, alternate future, I think, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, was the Voyager. Salamander one, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I think it was the finale, I believe. And he was... But, oh, at, that's right. He was after Chakotay. That's right. Or was... No, no. It was yeah, it, he was after Chakotay. Was he? No, no. There was one where Harry Kim... Oh, that's right. ...transported home. That's and right. And had to get back. Yeah. That's right. Where they were caught in ice or something Right. Like that. Okay. 
Yeah, so like he was sort of established as probably having become a captain at some point. So mm-hmm. you're right. Well, I think his rank is Commodore in this series. Is that above or below Captain? That's, that's above Captain. That's got to be above. Yeah, I would think it's so. above Captain. Yeah, he is the ranking officer, officer. On, on board there. Because it, it is and Troy are not in Starfleet anymore. They're not in Starfleet anymore. Data no. would still be. And neither is Data because he's dead. Data's still <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they haven't officially resurrected Data and reinstated him to his rank of lieutenant commander yet. So. I guess. Oh, okay, so just by uh, default, it was it was Jordy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no other reason. Yeah. No, but exactly. it's good. It's good yeah. for, to see LeVar get that moment. There's another moment later, which I think we can talk about, which was absolutely fantastic between him and Beverly. But I love these moments. They were great because you could feel the emotion there. I think yeah. all the actors sold it there. That was really good, especially well, Stuart, of course. Like he, he's the I guy just, who really led the way there. Yeah, he led the way. But I, I just loved how nobody said anything. Like he says, it was an honor serving with you all. Of course, he delivers the line as he does. This is fantastic. And they just give us a shot of each mm-hmm. person's face and nobody says anything and they don't need to. And they all nope. do. Like, that's hard, man. Like you just yeah. you give a look. Mm, I delicious. I kind of wondered if there was something in the script and then the actors were like, we don't need to read like any of this. Like we've worked together so much that we can just do this all with looks with no dialogue. It sort of feels like something like somebody would like, oh, let's write in like a line or two, a few different characters. And uh-huh. they're like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I have no way to know if that was actually the case, but I did sort of think about that. Hmm. I mean, I have nothing more to say about this particular yeah. scene. Fantastic. That was awesome stuff. So they get to the Borg ship. We know what their mission is, and we're cutting back and forth between them and the Titan. They get over to the Borg ship, so let's just talk about all of that. I guess before we do that, Jeff, Yeah. the Borg, correct me if I'm wrong, they allow them to come on, because Picard goes, it's an invitation. It's an invitation, yeah. yeah. Do you feel that's kind of odd? <laughs> it's like, it's well, like Palpatine, it's like, heads up, folks, I'm back, I'm going to attack you mofos in T-minus 30 hours. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're in the midst of having your master plan. No, this well, is okay. Come on over. Come on, peeps. It's okay. not. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> because they don't pay that off later, they do pay it off a bit, even though it's kind of silly. The Borg Queen later does say, "Like I wanted you here to witness this." She couldn't have done that through a transmission. <laughs> it's a terrible plan. <laughs> yeah, it's of course, it's a, it's laughable. I just look at that and say, "You're right." They don't follow it up, but that means even though you're right. In the end, she does. I mean, I don't remember the line, but I believe you. She'll say, I, it's good for you to witness this Locutus. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's not coming back to you and all that. She's goading him and all that stuff. But ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I, if you, I, if you want your plan to succeed, do not invite, like, the, the guy who's yeah. fucked you up. Twice. <laughs> Twice. And the same crew and the same ship. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, here's a good idea. Come on in. Like, no, come on. Didn't you guys read the logs? Like, don't do that. That's very bad. <laughs> it's funny like even after re-watching the episode I, i'd sort of forgotten that that happened it would have just been better if because they sort of established that when they're on the ship that it's in a yeah it's in a bad fu- state it's so it's, up. Yeah. yeah so it should have just there were no shields right no invitation yeah or they just tech the tech as they always do and yeah. get onto the ship somehow would have made a bit more sense because they even have another line too when they get there and Riker's like, well, where is everybody? They should have an yeah. army of drones. Picard says something like, you don't leave the doors open if you're trying to keep the wolves out. And I was like, what does <laughs> that mean? Like, what? <laughs> that was just a bizarre, bizarre line, man. But the Borg themselves, man, they were looking fucked up. 
First, I thought they were all going to be like Borg zombies, which might have been kind of a neat concept, but they're in a bad spot for sure. And we cut back and forth to the Titan. So, Harry, let's go up to where they kind of part ways. So Picard parts ways with Worf and Riker. Okay, so that probably might be my favorite scene in the Mm. episode. When Patrick Stewart turns around and tells Riker he's going to go on his own and thank you for everything. That moment got me. Yeah. Because that was true emotion. That was great. So that was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. So could be the highlight of the episode for me. With respect to specific TNG character moments, that's the pinnacle. That was fantastic. And I know he does, he says something goodbye to Worf too, and Worf won't say goodbye in the traditional way. I forget the line he says. I do wish though, because they're going complete member berries and complete payoffs with everything. It would have been fantastic if Worf went back and called him captain and said, you are the bravest man that I've ever met Mm. and pay off to first contact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought that would have been a better line than just whatever Worf said. So, but that's just me. That's just, no, I like wish fulfillment. I like that rewriting. That's actually pretty good. Worf's line. He says, there's two phrases. No Klingon will admit to knowing defeat and farewell, which also pretty good line, but very good line, but it left me wanting on that wharf one but man that Riker Picard thing yeah fuck it got me in the feels that one got me too that was really good yeah Nathan what what did you think yeah I'm with you guys although I liked Worf's like final line there to Picard I mean I I understand like having a callback there would have worked um but you know I mean we're kind of up to our eyeballs in callbacks callbacks yeah so it's kind of hard to say like at what point is it too much but certainly like Stewart's delivery I think and just the interaction with him and Frakes was that was pretty special in the episode, I thought, because that happens like basically after they beam aboard. I mean, yeah, I mean they, they wander yeah, around. It's pretty bit, quick but, after. Yeah, yeah it's pretty quick realize, after. Yeah, yeah they realize yeah. all the board decomposing. There's no real threat for drones. I had written a note that I actually really did like the design of the ship of the Borg because I get at times like like the show like seems like weirdly low budget. And so sometimes when you see something like a TV show and like everything's dark, it's kind of to hide that fact. But I thought that was really used to good effect here. Another nice like kind of callback. And I don't remember if they ever did this in Voyager, but like on the ceiling, I don't know if you guys noticed, like yeah, on the, the ceiling, the nodes on the yeah. ceiling in the Borg ship. Didn't notice. Yeah. What's that, Nathan? If you remember in Best of Both Worlds, when they go to rescue Mm -hmm. a card and they shoot those nodes. Those those upside down triangle? Yeah. Yeah. Like the pyramids on the nodes. So they actually incorporated that in the design. Oh, I didn't notice that. I'll have to watch that again. It's pretty subtle, but they have a couple of low shots where you can see them quite clearly. I thought that was a nice, a nice little design callback. They did do some pretty good work on those drones. I thought. I know we haven't gotten to like... You mean the two drones they had? I swear those actors... Well, the other ones, the, the, even the dead drones, I thought looked pretty good. Yeah, Especially the dead the drones one, look good. I swear those actors have probably been drones before. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> just I, It must just be the same makeup because they just like look identical, I swear. Like not in just sort of that generic, all Borg look the same sort of thing, but... So uh, racist. No. <laughs> I don't care who knows. But yeah, overall, like they've always, even Voyager used to actually do a pretty good job of the Borg makeup, I thought, and the Borg effects. So yeah, so I like the design of the ship as well. Yeah, I think it looked good. So we'll move on. Picard goes to find Jack. And well, how about before there, Jeff? Sorry to interrupt. Maybe just to kind of, so we don't jump too far ahead in the episode. How about then the Titan and yeah, their yeah. kind of what they're doing and 
they're trying to decloak or whatever and cloak and line of sight stuff. And yeah, I, I was just coming to the Titan there. So we can talk about that first. I mean, I, first, I kind of like their strategy. So they take over the bridge. They got a motley crew there. They've got that cook who mm-hmm. dropped out of flight school and has his little backstory about how he had to go back to run the deli out, uh, with his brother or something like that. And Seven gives a bit of a speech there to him. But their strategy to break out of the synchronized system that they've got. They're saying it's a line of sight system, which sounds like some bullshit to me. Like you have to be able to see it in order to be part of the system. Like don't they have those subspace communications? Like radiation travels through. That's the thing is that that's the other thing too. Yeah. Like they, so in the 25th century, they're basically using remote TV controller technology, infrared (laughs) technology and haven't even gotten the basics of Bluetooth. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, (laughs) like I have a radio frequency remote that'll go through walls. Like they're not even, on a 3G network, guys. Not even on a 3G network. They could have just done some tech bullshit like like the cloaking device will break it. Yes, without it being like line of sight nonsense. Yeah, that would have been enough. Like, on top of that, the line of sight thing is like, okay, at what point do your ships, like, you're in space. There's a lot of distance for you to no longer be, like, within line of sight. Well, it would be line of sight, though. There'd be nothing uh, between you. I guess, but I mean, like, at a point, like, that kind of stops to work. You feel like you gotta be, like, if you gotta be able to control, oh, they're on the other side of the planet. Fuck, we lost this thing. Like, come on, guys. Especially compared, like, the fact that, like, that fleet, like, they're pretty compact. Right. So, yeah. I mean, like you can't like surround a planet necessarily. Right. Although actually one thing I really when they're attacking the star dock there, whatever it's fucking called. Oh, boy. Space dock. <laughs> Why don't we talk about that? How many hits does that need to take? Also, yeah. that's you a guys workhorse, not... that space dock takes it a is. lot of punishment. Holy also, shit. Star Trek is so funny and like how like you're in space and like there's so many things that are designed around single points of failure. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like totally. that's that's Earth's defense, that one space dock that's probably been there for like hundreds of years. And it is funny that's the case because there's a scene from an episode of Deep Space Nine where O'Brien, because they're on that Cardassian station, and O'Brien's like, well, where's your quadruple redundancy? And they're like, what do you need that for? And he's like, well, I would never go into space without a quadruple redundancy. What are you talking about? Are you are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of built into their philosophy is like you yeah. wouldn't have a single point of failure. But the attack on the station, I really got reminded of like a lot of space strategy games where you just amass like a huge fleet. Yeah. And, if, and then you zoom in. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what's that one Star game? Star Trek that, Armada. Well, Star Trek Armada did it really good. Jeff, what's that one game that you played? I think you played like a couple of them. It was like a series of them. It was like some sort of a space armada game. Like Homeworld? Homeworld, yeah. Like Homeworld. Like couldn't you do that? You'd have like huge fleets and then you could like zoom into like a micro level and they would just be fucking lasers. Just like, lasers everywhere. Like, you could just hear the computer slow down as to how all the calculations for all the laser yeah. attacks. It would like heat up the whole room. The CPU was just yeah melting down. That was kind of neat, but yeah, you feel like they'd have a they'd well, have a better. Well, not just that. I mean, I think this was a bit more ridiculous. Like, what do they need for defense? That space station is indestructible. Like Earth's defenses are foolproof. Like it's ridiculous. We're led to believe this is Starfleet or the itself. Every ship and they didn't make a dent in the, like the shields were just going off you saw these little explosions around there but they, it looks like they didn't damage the space dock at all they didn't destroy space dock but they damaged it enough to bring the shields down yeah, okay yeah. well that took a lot so it's like you would that's... also think that like the thing that keeps your shields up you'd keep it under the shields 
Yeah. You know, I mean, like they figured well, it obviously out. had its own <laughs> shields, though, because it did take a lot of fight. No, but the I mean, higher fleet. No, that's true. I just meant like the planet Earth, like the planet Earth has shields. Maybe put your shield generator underneath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like on the planet. Yeah. On yes. the planet. Yeah. On the yeah. Planet. yeah. <laughs> well, then they could have done more Return of the Jedi stuff. Exactly. Yeah, well, we'll get to <laughs> on this Return one. Of, yeah. I needed less Return of the Jedi in this episode. Yeah. So. You know Sorry, what I did man. like though is the I like the low rent cloaking device. It had it was the exact same effect from and the sound 17. from Star Trek Four. Like it was yes, that yeah. cloaking device. Yeah, that I love I love that sound actually. And they've kind of like had callbacks to it throughout Star Trek a little bit when they I think in Voyager they did that when they encountered an old bird of prey and it would kind of use that same sound effect i think yeah they've used it over the years and i I, and you know what i I was cool with their strategy and and seven had her big speech to fire everybody Mm -hmm. like families are down there like where all that's left we have to fight i mean it's an insane strategy from the perspective of like we're one ship and we can't really do anything but it's like well we're gonna do what we can to buy time for earth so that you know maybe maybe we give enough time for picard because they know that the D is out there. They make that reference there that they're doing something. So I kind of like that. I thought that was pretty good. I thought it was a good speech from 7 to 9. I thought she acquitted herself there. That was pretty good. The only thing about this line of sight thing that and I didn't like any of it. I didn't like their plan about cloaking and decloaking because when they decloaked, you know, this is the Borg. You feel like the, they could connect pretty quick. They would have connected and got them, but that's not the point of the show. But the only thing I would have loved is if on all the assimilated Starfleet vessels, you just heard these old dial-up modem sounds because that's how <laughs> slow they're working. <laughs> then I would have bought it. Then that I would have bought it. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they didn't target them. That would have been hilarious. That's right. Uh, so back on the cube there, we get the reveal of the Borg Queen as Picard walks into the room there. I actually really like that shot kind of like the light comes up on her and she's talking and man she looks really gross i like the makeup effects there oh, i thought it was great like yeah. great makeup good. yeah it looked good especially from behind it looked great too but yeah i liked the it's very jason Voorhees kind of decomposition there so that was kind of appropriate considering the state that the border in a little bit of geiger kind of thrown yeah a little bit of the geiger thrown in there yeah. too so a nice mix this is not Alice Creek. The voice is Alice Creek, no, but this is no. not the act- yeah, actress not the actor, or no, actor. Yes. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously part of it's an animatronic, but I mean, the face and the arm is obviously a person, but I couldn't. No, I... no. This has to be all person. This no, I not... think. What animatronic is this? They wouldn't spend the money on that. No, I just mean this like is... the head and the arm is a person, but just. Maybe oh, it's not like, like, the, like all the, the, the torso. And... The yeah, torso that, with the rib cage. Yeah. That's just a prop piece. You know, well, all well, dialed up. I yeah. say animatronic. It moved. It did? Okay. I didn't get that. I think so. I'd have to watch it again. That's okay. Those are details but, I, I wasn't paying attention to, but that's okay. But the, I like the look. I thought she, it looked pretty cool. And I had to go back and watch it again to kind of like get some of the details here. But yeah, she's mad. Like the Borg are basically wiped out. And then after the Queen could no longer hear her drones is when she found Jack. She could hear him out there. But that's what we're talking about. It's like, well, this is after Janeway and Voyager fucked them up. You know, it didn't have anything to do with Card. But I thought we'd get a little bit more Voyager references here. I think oh, that this like, part of it I was, was always like, a little... I don't can, know about how, what you guys... Well, here's a little switch up. Okay, so I know the TNG crew all together. But knowing that this is tying into Voyager, knowing that Seven has been part of the previous two seasons of Picard, question for you guys. Do you think it would have been wise for Seven to... To be here as well or in, in place of one of these other characters or <sighs> knowing that Worf and Riker didn't have that much to do on the Borg cube anyways yeah tough call 
I mean, you want Picard there kind of alone. And I want to talk about this is like wish fulfillment. To me, there's none of the Borg stuff really worked. But I think they could have done something more interesting here with Picard and Seven in place of Riker and Worf there. Just because, you know, she's former yeah. Borg. And well, there's an excuse because then Picard doesn't exactly have every intricate detail of what happened with Janeway and the Borg and those events. You might have some high level understanding of what happened, but not all the details. Having seven there would make a lot more sense. That's just speak. But I know that's not how the story panned out because they were all split yeah. very quickly because of Shaw I, I getting kinda, shot. I, but. Yeah, I kind of feel, though, that if they had split up the original crew with like maybe Summer on the Titan and then Seven is with Picard and maybe someone else on the ship, I sort of feel like there's a bit of a calculation there of like the original crew sort of needs to like fulfill this last mission together and like together together as opposed to like different what's going on with the attack on earth and what's going on with the Borg ship like they're not that well tied together totally right and so i think that basically it had the exact same show but some of the characters are switched around i think that would have been less fulfilling because the stories are not integrated that well i hear your argument and i agree when I'm writing this on paper, I would go with what they did, the TNG crew by themselves, and then yada, yeah. yada, yada, something else, right? Or they could have just had Rafi and Seven there too. I don't know. I'm happy with what we got because we got a really great character moment between the goodbye between Riker and Picard there on the Borg Cube. I wouldn't trade that for anything. I'm just saying it might have been more interesting to have Seven also here as well. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think there could have been a way to do it. I think for the last episode of this series i'm not sure if i don't know i'm a little bit mixed i i it, really see the, yeah. the benefits of doing it that way like the way you're describing it i think it would have been maybe have made a little bit more sense like narratively just for star trek as a whole because yeah like there are no references there's one reference to voyager i think if you do it with seven of nine there as you say then i think we're all sitting here going like yeah it made sense it was good but man wouldn't it have been nice if they should have all yeah. been together and, for and, a few oh years, yes right? and, and yes. That's, that's the why, thing right yes and i think yes. that's where they're cal like trying to do that calculation of like what would be the more fulfilling end now if this, this is was more like, fulfilling yeah if it, this was like season two and we knew we were getting a season three okay that's another yeah, beef well, like, i want to yeah. make that comment at the end okay <laughs> I, I will say there was a single, not like reference to Voyager per se, but Picard does use the term the Unimatrix array. And the whole Unimatrix stuff was like all Voyager yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So and that was kind of the only like shout out to, well, other than like Tuvok, but I mean. Well, other than the fact that Seven of Nine is a regular character on the series. I meant in addition to Seven of Nine. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, like. I kind of forgot about it. I had to like kind of dig up some memories of like, yeah, what did happen to the Borg? And then I sort of forgot like the whole thing where they destroyed their. Yeah, the, the whole transwarp conjure thing. Didn't yeah. they infect them with something? Fuck, I don't well? remember. I just didn't look it up. I mean, I was like, I like all that. Yeah. I mean, I only got so much patience for Voyager anyway. So, yeah. Let's move on here. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to, because I had interrupted you. I think you were going to go back to where Picard then meets up with Jack there to save him. He, yeah, he's there. and But 
but he's mostly like talking with the queen and she's like we want evolution not assimilation and so i had to go back and watch and i turned the subtitles on so i could get the whole plan and it is an exposition dump but what i thought was actually cool is like she's cannibalizing her drones in order to sustain herself which is why they're all dying essentially and she's like we were well she says like you left us in the edge of space like dying which is voyager that left them in the edge of space (laughs) but anyway here was the plan so as picard says like you struck a deal with vatic and her changelings to be your weapons across the galaxy and the queen's like they shared the anger of a generation lost to starfleet so that was the nature of the alliance I wish that we'd had more exploration of that alliance because like the Borg team of the Changelings for this particular reason, I think would be was really interesting. Jeff, Jeff, a good question for another time for another time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It'll never be answered. Okay, then the plan. So we weaponize. So together we weaponized your biology and you, you, Picard, have rewritten our machine code into genetic code. We've no need to devour raw materials or consume flesh or metal. A new generation of Borg not to assimilate but to annihilate all so they transform yeah no you go for it you know dude this is where to me it drops the ball we're talking about evolution and i thought this is where we could have done something interesting here with the borg now we already had kind of a borg are going to be kind of different with jurati in season two but here's where a picard moment and a great star trek moment could have happened because they're talking about evolution you're talking about now here's a code we want to try be something different and I think they should have been saying something about survival. I know the whole thing was about infiltrating Starfleet and destroying Starfleet and getting revenge, but you don't think this would have been a great moment for Picard to do one of his great Picard speeches? And in addition, he could have done something here very reminiscent of the motion picture, where Decker joins with Ilea, who is now V'ger, and they become something different. Is a question to you guys. Do you think that would have been more interesting? I know then we'd lose Picard, but then there's that something different would happen. The Borg truly evolved, because now it's plug and play. Picard, even though he's a synthetic, he just plugs himself in as getting organically assimilated. The question, question I have is, how is that possible? He's a synthetic. But anyways, be that as it may, and how easy it is to plug in and plug out, like a mouse or a keyboard, He plugs himself in to save Jack and sacrifice himself, but we do get a great father-son moment between Picard and Jack, and I love how he says, I'll stay here with you if this is what you want. That was fantastic. As a father-son moment, a great character beat for Picard. But I thought something that would have been better to save Jack would have been Picard actually evolving the Borg, which is something that they needed. What do you guys think? Just something that could have been something like the motion picture. I know you don't get your wrap-up scenes around the poker table. So that probably wouldn't be so Right. Picard might be lost. So, I mean, everyone just focuses only on that. But that's not Star Trek. So now this is just kill, kill, kill. Destroy, destroy, destroy. So I'm left disappointed. This is the intellect of Star Trek. I wanted something meaningful. We talk about legacy. We're just tossed around like it means something. I don't think Metallus or anyone knows what it means. Picard's legacy is not just Jack. You know, he's found some new part of his family, which he was missing. That's part of his legacy for sure, too. I'm not taking that away from him. But Picard's legacy is also about intellect, doing the right thing. What does Starfleet mean? And it's lost here. Now, here's something. It's about the exploring the unknown, traveling the stars. 
the undiscovered country, what's out there, new life and new civilizations, the complete motto of what Star Trek is. And here he is just willing to wipe this out. I know it's a nemesis, but he's listening to a species that is dying, which has been affected directly by Starfleet now, by Voyager and and his own crew and what they've done. He's had that experience with Hugh. Do I just kill this person and send the whole species to annihilation? And here's an opportunity to do what's right. Did he do what's right here? Did he even try? I'm looking for something that is profound, not just generic TV movie of the week that my wife watches every week. I'm just going to lay it on the table. What'd you guys think? They dropped the ball. I don't know if I would if I would characterize it as dropping the ball, but I mean, you do bring up a good point and potentially a missed opportunity. Although I think I think this it kind of like speaks to like maybe a bit of a problem with the characterization of the Borg in some respects, because like oftentimes like they're kind of treated as like more of a force of nature than like a alien race. And so there's an aspect to Picard's character of this trauma of having been assimilated where like his reaction to them is like is based like directly on this idea of they are kind of a menace despite sort of oh but there's a few good ones kind of attitude. And so the idea of like helping to evolve them. Unfortunately, I think in a single episode, like there's there'd be too many. There's not enough runway to kind of land that plane of like Earth's about to be destroyed. I hate the board because of my trauma or what they did to me. And they have stolen my son. and I have to get him back. I can understand like sacrificing himself, but like to sacrifice himself to evolve the Borg in some fashion. I really think it would take some real writing genius to be able to pull it off. But look how great it was done in the motion picture, though. That happened over the course of a few minutes. Right. But the thing that you're kind of missing, though, is that like there's less of a personal element, though, with the motion picture with this, because there's still like a part of Picard that still needs that resolution of dealing with the Borg. Almost like too many emotional things of like trying to deal with that trauma of what the Borg are, especially when the, like the Borg is like this, like completely unrepentant in that sense. Yeah, and, I, and, Beecher and, was kind of like sort of neutral too, like it, it wasn't. Yeah, and not and, yeah, it was not like a malevolent force. And Beecher was more like a force of nature versus the Borg, which sort of became like the Queen is there. It's like oh, I want you to see this sort of thing so i mean it, it would have been like it would have been better if it was a little bit more uncaring or if the borg really are just trying to survive but that takes an intellect and intellect has to look at it and this is what we aspire to be as humanity this is what star trek strives I, to be and what it should I, strive to be i don't disagree the, with any of that i just don't think that the like the way that it's like cur- like the setup is necessarily right there I mean, there's definitely a missed opportunity for like a better Picard speech with the Queen. The setup for the Borg, I think that's where they've dropped the ball. They've already, unfortunately, screwed up the foundation for this whole thing at this point, I think. But you're right in that they don't really reach that ideal of like, how do we be our best selves, right? Like, I don't think that they really reach that peak necessarily. The heights that previous Star Trek has done. Okay, so then I'll pose a second question. Forget that then. He jacked himself in to help save Jack. Do you think that he should have sacrificed himself so Jack can get away? I know this was more up to Jack, the way they set it up, that she says it's up to Jack to leave, which is kind of odd. Doesn't she say something like if he wants to leave again? (laughs) Well, it's like he you can't just rip him out because it'll fuck up his brain. Well, even though they did it, even though they just did it right. Like Picard jacked himself in and then jacked himself out. Right. It's plug. But they chose not to be part of the collective. Right. So, well, I found that kind of stupid because that doesn't go with what we've seen before. So it's not really. uh, Well, I don't know. 
know. Okay. Anyway, we haven't seen it before, though. Not okay, really. Okay. <laughs> okay. Forget that. We'll be here for hours arguing that because I don't agree. But anyways, should Picard have sacrificed himself? Forget about evolving the Borg. Then he says, thirty-five years. It ends tonight. Like the line must be drawn here again. So should he have sacrificed himself? Should this be it for Jean-Luc Picard again? Synthetic version. And I think it should have. I know you, as I said, you don't get your nice poker scene at the end which we'll talk about which is beautiful as well but this means more meaning as something again as one is a parent and one thinking about legacy you know the characters are getting to have their cake and eat it too but i think this would have been more poignant that he has that moment with jack in that board collective which is euphoric and it's a trick from the board queen is what picard's saying in fact you're dying here but he says he's willing to stay but then he does something after jack realizes those tender moments between him and his dad that picard gets him out of there he's able to get that opening from jack to leave the collective and Picard stays for his safety. Riker and Worf get him out, and then he has, I'm not saying a fist fight with, with the Borg Queen or anything like that, but <laughs> although, as I said, geriatric roundhouse kick, that would have been great, but something like that, where he would have just then stayed with the Borg Queen and ended it. He could have said, you know, you wanted me, I'm here. Anyways, whatever fan fiction dialogue you wanted. Could have been an interesting moment. I think we needed a sacrifice. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is this too clean and quick and easy? And yeah, I don't know. I'll give you this, man. You've got an absolutely scorching, hot, spicy take (laughs) on that. The roundhouse kick? (laughs) Yeah, the roundhouse kick. Vitamins. That was just the fucking Thai three chili red curry take on us. This is a roundhouse kick. Your take on, you know, Picard like goes and evolves Borg and all that stuff. And like all of that is fine. All of that's good thought for Trek. You're thinking the Star Trek state of mind, but you're talking about motion picture. Even they weren't willing to sacrifice their main characters, right? They had to invent secondary characters to go and do the Star Trek shit. I know, right? but that's the beginning of their journey. This is the end of well, that we'll talk well, about the right. So, the and they did it. They did it twice. They also did that in Star Trek Five. They invented Spock's brother to like <laughs> yeah. wrestle, wrestle like you know, like two oh, yeah. drunk dads at a little league game. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad storytelling instinct. I just don't think you can do it. I mean, at least not at this moment because. This is the end of the series. <laughs> no, I, I know it's the end of the series. I'm just saying that, like, you can't take potential audience reaction into account when you're running a show. At least you should. I'm not but taking I audience just, reaction. I'm thinking no, no, about I know the character you no, no, of Picard. No, no, I'm not saying you are. I'm saying that because I was going to say, like, you can't have riots in the street over it. But, like, that doesn't matter. You do what's right for the story. I'm partially disagreeing with you. I just, I just can't fathom how you end the story with Picard, like, joining up with the Borg. I just don't think you can do it, man. It's just like, it's like saying, well, well, we'll you just have what? Luke join the dark, turn to the dark no, side. No. You know what would have been like, nice? I brought up Luke. I thought about this too. Forget Luke. I was thinking even more about All-Star Superman, where he had to kind of go into the sun just to stabilize it in a sense, right? If that's how it ends, if I recall. So he's kind of dead, but not dead. Like Superman's in there. So that's just like Picard would always be here, Picard and the Borg. It's like Decker and Ilea, and it's just something new. And I'm not saying you're going to have Locutus of Borg sitting around with the faceplate and the lasers pointing out of his face sitting around the poker table. (laughs) Although that would have been interesting. (laughs) Deal, Mr. Data. (laughs) 
It's like, yeah, he know. wins literally every hand. <laughs> That's right. Although that would have been a kick-ass ending. <laughs> Royal flush again. Resistance is futile right. number one. Oh, I need a scene with him like that. Oh. Anyways, I think it was necessary for the character. Either that or just they're not interested in Star Trek. Just, you know, it's the end. It's just an action sequence. He just sacrifices himself for his son. Something. Give me something. I've got nothing. I got nothing here except nostalgia and then the gang's still all together. Which is nice, but it's nothing else there, man. What do I have? I had three seasons of Picard and I got almost nothing. Well. From a journey perspective. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean. What did we learn? Picard said, you know, legacy doesn't mean anything to him, which is bullshit because I said he was writing his memoir. Yeah, yeah. But the whole point was about, okay, learning about then he has a son. That's his legacy. And then he had his bonding moments and those character moments, which were somewhat decent throughout the season. Him having now to sacrifice so his son can live. Like, it's not every parent's dream to think about sacrificing their lives so their kids can live. But every parent would do it without thinking, without hesitation. If you're a good parent, at least. At least I would. Oh, I definitely wouldn't. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> <But> <laughs> what happens happen. if you had a dog, yeah. Nathan? <laughs> Fuck that brat. My dog. Oh, yeah. so there you go. There's a difference. Okay. You're not wrong. No, I'm just saying that, like, I think his arc is more like he discovers that family is kind of more than what he thought it would be. And his speech, which we're, I mean, I guess we're kind of jumping ahead from a plot perspective, but that's okay, is that gives the speech. He's a pretty good Picard speech to Jack when they're in, when he's jacked in, which is that he joined Starfleet because to try to find that, like he didn't have his family. We know that his relationship with his family wasn't great and he joined Starfleet to find that family. But even then he was kept that distance and, you know, it didn't quite feel right. And then, you know, like Jack comes along and it's the piece that he never ever knew was missing. To me, what was great about that moment there is that his speech doesn't really work on Jack. Jack feels like he belongs there. He kind of likes it in there. Is like, there's no pain. There's no suffering. There's no inequality. Like, everything's good. But he does offer that. He's like, okay, if you're going to stay, I'll stay with you. That was a great you moment. Know? Fantastic. Yeah, it is a great I moment. love that moment. So, I love that simple moment that then, then he gives, hugs Jack, I think, at that point. And that's what snaps Jack out of it, right? That along with the speech. Jack along out with of the speech. It. Yeah. I mean, the speech obviously chipped away and i mean obviously it resonates but i guess the choice they made on that moment is that it was more important for picard to realize that it is important right like the family it's not so much his legacy i don't think but that he does have a family that he is included but his family is not the borg like his family is his family his his yeah. crewmates and all of them i think that's great and i think you could have had all of that jeff that speech could have still existed snaps jack out of it and then picard stays in his place like they're unable to go because he jacked himself in picard yes then jack could have escaped and picard stays behind man that's a tough one man i hear what you're but saying is this just the- you wanting the crew around that table for that shot or any potential future patrick stewart as picard I care about the character, like what his journey meant. It's not for me needing to see them around that table. It's more that, I don't know, I feel like if he goes, it's more to suggest that he's not lost and that there is, I don't know, it's so simple to say happy ending. That's not really what I'm trying to say, but more that if you live the way you're supposed to live and you do the things you're supposed to do and the way, you know what I mean? Like that you get to have the happy ending if you do everything right. But did he do it, Jeff? Did he make it? In the end, 
definitely I don't know. He did make a difference. <laughs> of course, he made a difference. In the end, he does, right? Like, I know you're doing the callback, but I mean, obviously, he does, right? He, he made a difference. I, I wanted him to. He found his he, family. I know. I wanted him to heed Kirk's words, which he never did, and that disappointed me. He did make a difference. Uh, I mean, he How did. Many in times terms of, did no, he no, make no. In the show, he made a difference. In the movies, he yeah. made a difference. I don't know. I wanted it to be more of a spiritual meaning in Picard's way. Kirk's way was more action oriented. He saved people, saved the planets. He was the cowboy in space, even though he was the best fucking cowboy that ever existed in all time. Captain Kirk. Mm -hmm. He's he's the fucking boss. Mm -hmm. Picard was the different intellectual man. And I wanted that to be his legacy. And he never got that in this show, in my opinion. That's Mm -hmm. a disappointment for me. And they had an opportunity as last minute as it was for the Borg to just be, you know, slotted in here at the end of this season they had that opportunity here even now and i was just oh i was like no why we could have done this and it would have worked no would have been perfect but it would have worked i don't know i'm left oh i want star trek and that'd be a tough bold thing. again man intellectual bold aspiring this is not aspiring this is just member berries feel good stuff and that's fine but you have to think about legacy what is star trek's legacy this is just nostalgia bait. I wanted something to aspire to. Here's Picard, a thinking man. Think, goddammit, think. <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, that's just me. Let's move on, because I think we've done like 20 minutes on this topic now. Nathan, do you have anything else to say? God, let's... no, let's just move on. Yes, there you go. <laughs> okay. You guys want to talk about the Return of the Jedi finale, or are we all... Nathan can jump that? in. Sorry, the Return of the Jedi finale? Oh, actually, I'll keep it brief. First of all, I just want to say, like, I loved kind of seeing the Enterprise D. Like, sometimes, like, it's weird about Star Trek is that I some of the action is best when it's more like submarine warfare type of action. But this, at this point, it's, like, kind of given up, like, any sort of, like, high ideals for the show and just sort of seeing, like, some cool modern special effects or and cool uh, effects for the I Enterprise. Don't know that that's true though because we did the submarine warfare early in the season so like they did know enough to do that i guess that's true but i just mean like star trek in generals is very weird that way it will do both but sometimes the more heavy action stuff doesn't always work but this was like really fun to see the ship go against like this borg i guess it's a cube with just like like with a modern lens for me, that was fun, even though it's, you know, maybe some people might feel differently. But then like that final shot of it just kind of like shows up right above them and kind of beams everyone up yeah. and off. And then, yeah, we get our Tokyo Drift. The Enterprise does a Tokyo Drift. Above it kind of does <laughs> yeah. a Tokyo Drift. Yeah, <laughs> that was a cool shot, though, like with the circular shot where they're right, like the low shot around Jack yeah. and Picard and the Enterprise swerving in, drifting in overhead. Yeah. I thought it was pretty badass. And just like to have yeah. Troy just kind of like take the helm and it's like, okay, hey, I got this. Like just everyone stand don't, back. Don't, don't worry. I'm not crashing it this time. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly. I really liked all that. I mean, I thought it was all very exciting. Yeah. And to have the Borg ship kind of blow up. It's like, okay, cool. I mean, it wasn't anything revelatory in any way. Yeah. I don't really have much else kind of about that. Other than the fact that just sort of seeing the Enterprise, there was some cool shots, I thought, of the Enterprise, like, attacking the cube. It had some cool, like, hero shots. I I like more when they were, like, on the surface and, like, Beverly is, like... Yeah, she fires the shots. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That was fun. There were some good shots there, too, yes. Yeah. I mean, it looked cool when they were flying inside the cube and all good. I'm just, like, that's not really... No, that's it's really not, not they're a not the Trek Defiant. Thing. They're not the Defiant either, so... No, no they're not the it's, Defiant. It's, it's it, not an X-Wing. It, no, 
Worf had a good line. Swords are fun, even though, like, yeah, again, more of a very poorly staged action with those oh, drones. Bro. Like, the drones just kind of stopped. And it's like, yeah, you guys can just walk around. Not, and shoot them. not only that, but now <laughs> the short sword that Worf wears on his back, if I recall, this is a Mechleth. We talked about his sword before. Now, unless yeah. the sword has changed, so the Mechleth is something that anyone can use. I found it strange that Riker had trouble lifting it. Why is it so heavy? Because He's Dax old. was sparring with Worf using the Mechleth on DS9, and she was I swinging thought... it around. And yeah, no, I I remember. I thought and she had a Batleth, didn't she? No, no, she also she also used the Mechleth because she was trying what Worf was giving her or using. So she started swinging it around a little bit just when they were walking. She wasn't battling with it. But I just found, like, technically it's a Mechleth. So Mechleth is a lighter version of the Batleth. Anyways, it could it, be a different that was sword, very but funny. anyways. Or maybe it was that phaser that was super heavy, which he was able to lift after the fact with ease anyways. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the physics on that one there. No. <laughs> Swords are fun. Swords though, are that fun. That's a yeah. fine line, although I was a little worried there for a second, too, because Worf got shot, what, four times? I know with the Klingon anatomy, okay, we'll yeah. let it go. It's not, did, did he anything. get shots? I don't know. He's got I mean, that like... quadruple redundancy. It's like eight livers. That's right. But I did kind of scream out, Worf, no! <laughs> He's yeah. Yeah, been one of my favorite characters, and it's like I can't lose Worf here. I, I was ready with the was... card, but nothing else, right? So I actually thought Riker and Worf both were in jeopardy. Like I believed it. I was like, oh, yeah, they made you think that. They made you think that. That's good. Yeah, they did. Yeah. You know what? I what was good here, or just to get in there when again, like I wasn't a big fan of the whole. We have to fly into the center of the Borg cube and blow up this big glowy thing. How did they lazy. reach that? That is the craziest ass like fan fictiony. Like I I yeah, love Star 100%. Wars and Star Trek, and I, this yeah. is my fan fiction version of a million percent correct. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I didn't like any of that at they all. Needed no. a couple more <laughs> passes in the writers' room. Yeah. yeah, they should have been like, okay, guys, Terry Metalis. I know you've seen Return of the Jedi. I know that you know that I've seen Return of the Jedi. And I know that you know that I know that you know that I know that we've both seen Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Don't do this. That is very, very not good. But mm, 40 years ago. Yeah. He's celebrating the 40th anniversary. Yeah. Man, they just wrote themselves into that corner. Like, I mean, it was such a like self-inflicted wound. I mean, to, 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 to be to fair, it was always going to be we got to tech some tech. We got to do some bullshit to blow up the board cube but that's the corner they wrote themselves into so hang on the thing though is that like they're in did they call it the eye of jupiter or is it the storm it's, like the yeah, eye of jupiter the, i think it's the, the eye of jupiter yeah, yeah. anyways wait Sorry, why not jupiter's have not offended it's fine they, they've already <laughs> well i don't know like i mean anyways. he's a big boy just don't call him fat anyway continue okay so anyway like that could have been like a really cool thing of because they've already done a bunch of tractor beam stuff like just push it into the planets Mm. You know, like that's another. Yeah, that would have been neat. Yeah. It's, so it gets know. crushed by the gravity. Exactly. Yeah. That would have been cool. I did like the moment, though, where wrestling with like, hey, we have to destroy the cube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was the other, yeah. the second great moment between yeah. Jordy and Beverly. Yeah. And he yeah. has to give the order. And Beverly, he takes the time to ask Beverly, say, Beverly, yeah. you know, I got to do this, but I want your blessing. And she goes, she nods yeah. silently. To me, guys, this is authentic Star Trek. This is authentic Starfleet. This is what that I'm looking good. for. Fucking finally. Yeah, this is great. this is good. This is good stuff. I'm on board with this. Yeah. My character's doing what they should be doing. We all agree. That's fantastic. Good moment. I really like that they gave them that. That was really excellent. So we're done with the board cube. Like it's just destroyed and that's it. 
Yep. We're done talking about that? Okay. I think so. I think we're off okay. the board cube. I think that's okay. it for them. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm disappointed, but I've already said my piece. So yeah, move on. The Titan, like they're the Borg essentially, they they're right down to it where the assimilated crew members are right there. They're staring down the phasers. Space stock's been destroyed. Every single major city on Earth is being targeted for destruction and the Borg are gone. Everything's good. Everyone is saved. You know, Data, you know, because that's like reminiscent of episode one where the battle droids shut down. So like Data could have said, if we're going down this route, we should. He could have said, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick as he does the drift. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, I'm on board. How dare you with that? (laughs) But everyone is saved. Hugs for all. Actually, I did like that when they come back and they all kind of get a moment. Again, no real words are spoken. Everybody hugs. Data comes over and has a moment with Jordy, and Worf comes over and passes the fuck out in the... He snoozes, yeah. He starts snoring. That's so out of character, but I did laugh. Like, that still worked for me. You know, it's because you know it's the end of this whole thing. At this point, we're saying these are the actors now, not the characters, so we're letting it slide. But they are also letting them be their age, though, right? Like, they've all grown older, right? But here's the other funny joke about it, too. I don't think Worf, except for that one where he kind of was pretending to be the Klingon captain, I don't remember him ever sitting on those chairs. So, like, he sits on the chairs and he says, Mm. this is comfy, I can finally relax, instead of standing this whole time and everything. Every show. That's a nice little inside joke, too, right? You know, that the character finally gets to sit. That's the first thing he does is fall asleep. Okay, when... He did impersonate, like, pretend to be the Enterprise captain when that old Klingon crew emerged from hypersleep or whatever. So he did sit in the captain's chair for that episode. Outside of that, nothing. Yeah, he was in the captain's chair, I think. Yeah, when he was first officer, he sat in Riker's chair. Did he? Were they sitting in those chairs? Oh, and when they all lost their memories... He was in the captain's oh, chair. Right. Okay. What was the one was Data was captain of the Enterprise and Worf was the first officer? Was that where they were kidnapped? Like we mentioned it before at the transporter gun thing. Was that it? Because then Riker was then later kidnapped. Mm. Yeah, the archaeology episode. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So not many episodes where Worf got a chance to snuggle up in those. It's Troy's chair. She got that. I know it's a refurbished chair, but that butt groove is comfy now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You don't think Riker's butt groove is comfier? Because he's bigger, you know, he's taller. and Maybe, I don't know. More weight well, in there. Yeah, so everybody's saved. And then they have that shot where the Enterprise-D and the Titan, it's kind of like Star Trek Six, like they're both mm-hmm. going off into the sunset. Beautiful Riker, shot. Yeah, beautiful, gorgeous. Riker's captain's log. What is about that, he says, year one? Yeah, I don't no, know. No, yeah. I'm pretty sure they didn't restart the calendar <laughs> over that yeah. one incident. <laughs> that was weird. But it was very sort of Star Trek Six like just the tone of the log and that shot. But man, I love that shot. I thought that was great. We got resolution to the Tuvok Sitch. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. alive and well. And Harry, your favorite character, makes a return from the grave. I mean, yeah. Shot. you're thrilled, I'm sure. He's back. The dead speak. The, the dead, dead speak. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately, again, it was a nice little little moment for Shaw. Finally, something nice he said about some character I, on this show. I did like how he went about it. Is like she breaks rules. Like I'm a guy. I'm old school and by the book. She's brave, loyal, and like her book's gonna be great. It was really sweet, and it was nice that Tuvok got to be the one to give her the promotion. I thought that was good instinct on the show there to show us that not only Tuvok is alive, but that was cool. I don't know. What'd you guys think of that? No, it was good. I mean, I'm glad they addressed it. We were all concerned. Geez, the way they're going, they may not even address that. 
But yeah, I mean, it's fine. It was good seeing Tim Russ again as Tuvok. It was a good scene. Mm-hmm. It was a great scene. I always like to see Seven and Tuvok interact. So good stuff. Yeah. Sounds like she might have a little uh, Captain Kirk in her in her blood there. This is just kind of like into the wrap up of the show. Raffi gets kind of her moment there. I was a little confused where she's on her iPad there and, you know, her granddaughter. And, the, and, she, and then Worf comes in and she's like, all of the classified commendations were leaked. I'm like, why would your commendations be classified? Did anybody? Like, why would it be a secret that she's? I think because she was so deep undercover that, like, she couldn't, like, have, like, anything about her, like, officially on record. But at that point. Yeah, no. Also, it's, I, then Worf I think, blows her copper, so. No, you know. I think this is more of just your Armageddon scene with Will Patton. You know, now daddy's on the news. He saved the world. Oh, that's, now I'm going to let him. That's what this all is. Yes, that is the, I mean, that's the implication. Why I is think, it classified is all I'm saying. Like, oh, yeah. Could have just she been on the news. Like I only remember the dialogue. She says, well, I'm all over the news or something along those lines. Yeah. So now my son's allowing me to see my grandson. Like Worf walks in and, and she's like, somebody leaked all of my classified commendations. And he's like, well, whoever did that is an honorable maverick. <laughs> 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 That's right. He did say that. I forgot that. That's strange. Nice of Worf to think of Raffi that, that way. I mean, I think they could have just rewritten the dialogue for it to be a little less awkward or not awkward, but just logical. It's weird. Like we didn't really get enough yeah. time of those two together. I feel like the kind of like even kind of justifying this profound love that they have for each other now, I guess. Although I guess they've been through some harrowing situations. I think a lot of those early episodes of this season, I've kind of forgotten. But oh, I guess like he was her handler. They just didn't know, they didn't know, know who, who they was. were. Yeah. yeah. So I did like I the know. honorable Maverick line, though. I like that line. Who cares if it's like dumb or whatever? It's It was kind of fun. Data and therapy. Oh, Troy yes. Being... I forgot about this scene. It was good to see Troy back. Not that we, you know, yearn for more Troy counselor scenes, but I thought it was yeah. it was fitting. And those were good scenes. I liked it. She was getting annoyed and disinterested and looking at vacation spots. And <laughs> that was great. That was pretty good. And yeah, you're right. It's nice to call back to her being a counselor. It, it's always been hard for them to work that in, in the more action adventure oriented type episodes. And Riker's line was pretty funny. He leaves. He's like, she's still bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like when he says that, I actually had to turn the captions on. So I'm like, wait, what does he what say? Did he, what was the actual dialogue? Like? He, he goes, says still bad shit. Still bad shit. Oh, he says bad shit. Okay. Yeah. Then the time jump one year later, and we get our final shot of the Enterprise D bridge with Riker, Picard, and Jordy. I'm surprised they didn't have all seven of them there. Mm, should have the, been, and that should have been the last. Been. That could have been another last shot. Or could they could have just shot. been playing poker instead of Guinan's Bar. I know it's another set to build, but is it really that difficult? They couldn't have made a small little room where they play poker on the Enterprise D. I thought that would have been a nice shot that they're playing poker around the Enterprise D on the Fleet Museum or at the Fleet Museum. That might have well, been, they could have just been, been on the that. bridge, too, with the table in the middle of the bridge. Like, that would have been okay. Too. Yeah, they could have just done that. But, Here, but, I'll improvise a little table. Let's play cards before we leave. Do something like that. They transport a little poker table and chairs, and there you go. I mean, that would have been fine for sure. I just like the idea that they're, they have the set for the 10 forward bar bill. And it just feels like they're, I don't know, they're hanging out. They have a life and they're off doing their thing again, you know, like outside of whatever. So I don't know. I thought 
it worked fairly well. We can talk about that in a second because that comes after. So after the D gets goes quiet and Beverly and Jean-Luc are taking Jack to his new post. He's in Starfleet. I like this little nepotism line. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a nepo he's baby. A ne- he's guys. a nepo baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's a nepo <laughs> baby for sure. And, and he knows I, it. Yeah. I did kind of appreciate like that acknowledgement of it because it's like, you should appreciate that they fast tracked you. And I was like, yeah, a year later, especially considering how much the show kind of like build up, like what it is to like, yeah, to go through Starfleet. This is JJ track. So Gates, Gates McFadden has her own podcast where she interviews Star Trek people like cast and crew from like all of the Star Trek series. And I like Gates. She's the most skilled interviewer. But it, what's cool is like when she's interviewing somebody that she really knows really, really well, like Franks or Spiner or Dorn or whoever she has on a show, like they're just hanging out talking. When she's interviewing somebody that she doesn't know as well, it's like, all right, she's fine. She's not the most skilled interviewer, but she's got some real white privilege energy. <laughs> <laughs> and this scene wow. kind of like really hit that double for me where they're like, well, that Starfleet fast tracked you. What? That's a real honor. You know, it's, it, Jack's like, no, <laughs> it's fucking family name, lady. Yeah, like, exactly. He called him. it. He knew it. Yeah, he exactly. Knew. Yeah. It just reminded me of her podcast. I thought it was pretty funny. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I watched it twice. The second time, the second time it hit me real hard when they pull up and the Titan's been renamed the Enterprise and you come up slow and you realize the name of the ship. I wish they hadn't done the Enterprise F because I thought this was the reveal that it deserved. I don't know how you guys felt about it. But yeah, yeah I, I'm a little mixed on it. It's like we barely see the Enterprise F and Shelby's corpse is like still smoldering out in space. And they're just going to like christen a new Enterprise. And we didn't get any clarity that that ship or any other real Starfleet ship except for That's Excelsior point, yeah. was destroyed. Right. So the yeah, Enterprise exactly. F was what? Christened and then just, yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, We're just one year later, going to do this new yeah. one. It wasn't clear. I mean, I, they just not on screen. They just swapped. Because we all assumed that that was like the maiden voyage of the Enterprise F. And that in canon, I don't know, is not. It, it may not be. But then you should specify. You know what you're yeah. doing in the show. Then say they this should. is its last voyage or, you know, yeah. it's about to be decommissioned and then so <laughs> on and so on. But there's another thing I have a problem with here is like, you know, ships have. It has nothing to do with registry numbers or names or anything, but, you know, you have a class and you have a line and legacy of your ship. The Titan was the Titan before, and if you're going to do something different or retrofit it or change it, it just becomes the Titan B. Same thing with the Enterprise. It's either a brand new ship or you're retrofitting it. It's not just here's a whim because we don't want to build new sets, which is what really is going on if they do another show. Oh, but we want to call it. It's just like readopting the name Skywalker. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Nothing. So we're just going to make this the Enterprise just for legacy sake because we can't let the name go. Because if they make another show, they wanted to have the name Enterprise as part of the marketing. This is the new voyages of the Enterprise, so they can market it that way. It doesn't make any sense in-universe to me that I'm just changing the Titan to the Enterprise for no reason at all. That's how I look at it. I like the fact that it's a, Enterprise now has a Constitution class version of it again. That's cool, but I don't know. Why didn't she just take charge of the Enterprise F and it's just got a similar bridge? <laughs> The Enterprise A was a rechristen. And they did it on DS9. Like, the Defiant was destroyed, and then they just yeah, they took another... But it was still Defiant class. Defiant. It was still Defiant. I well, Defiant. I guess. Star Trek is weird. It doesn't really make any sense, because, like, there are 
battleships and aircraft carriers that operate for decades and decades. And it seems like in Star Trek sometimes, like like in Star Trek Six, like weren't they like being decommissioned? It's like you've barely been in space. Like it feels like they've only been out like a couple. It's only been like what a couple of years since Star Trek. 4. Well, no, well, but like I said, like the Enterprise A was rechristened. Like that was not. It was rechristened the Enterprise that's, A. Yes, that's a good point. I mean, I think that like it, the way that like the whole starship logic in Star Trek, if you're gonna really like break it down, like sometimes like there's some weird things that are make it doesn't make any sense. They should have just showed either the F being destroyed or they just take over the F and the bridge is exactly the same. As yeah, exactly. Titan. You don't have to make a new set. It's just yeah. It, I just think they shouldn't have had the F at all. I don't know. You may as well just stamp failure. Or like Ray, this whole <laughs> show, or this whole like, show had no Titan. It was the Enterprise all season long instead yeah. of the Titan. You could have done that too. Have, uh, they wouldn't have given Shaw the Enterprise. No, it's not a, Shaw it's not an Enterprise. It's not an Enterprise man. But then you could have gotten rid of Shaw and had a reputable starship captain. Yeah, then you got to deal with that. Anyways, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> Dude, that we could do a whole episode on just like this little nugget right here yeah right? <laughs> yeah i agree with you i'm not a fan let's move on was it cheap maybe but i loved it and then the final scene 10 forward they're all getting loaded i don't know why but i just i love the idea that they get drunk at a bar no it's um, great this was again fantastic you know and then they were acting like themselves as yeah. a group of friends not their characters my favorite yeah. part is Worf saying i fold again but he didn't say it He's in a Worf way so he angry. said it he was angry but i don't know if you guys noticed I, I only watched it once i don't know if i agree or not it felt like more like michael dorn saying it than yeah than Worf. Yeah, yeah a little bit yeah and it was fine because i look at it this is the end you know this is a moment just between them for the camera we get a glimpse of what they're like as real friends together and then them just enjoying themselves and i thought that was fine it was great i yeah. agree yeah. i thought it was I, really good i wish franchises yeah. did more of this sort of thing like just yeah. <clears throat> people in their downtime <clears throat> yeah Wars. that like age of ultron mm. not a great movie but just them hanging around at like that party it's like that's fun like a fun thing to kind of see i really dug like them just also like bravo for getting like loaded when you're that old still you know like i mean i'm only in my mid 40s and i'm already starting to feel like oh i've had, like three drinks i'd be like need to like cut myself off <laughs> <laughs> picard's cut from that old like french stock though you know what i mean yeah. like that's what you do is you drink sour mead uh, that's sour right yeah. <laughs> sour mead exactly it was nice he kind of got his final speech as we alluded to earlier from shakespeare it was just really good we finally got a couple picard speeches towards the end and the poker game was great i love other like trying to call the night wars like i got a fucking seminar in the morning or something stupid he had a oh, that's right mugatu meditation to leave I'm like <laughs> yeah, mugatu exactly. the bad guy from zoolander like it was <laughs> Riker's like, no, too easy. And they get, oh, it was so good. I like the poker. They kind of mimicked the shot from All Good Things where the camera kind of spins up a rub, but they held on it and they come back down and they're just around having a good time. Oh, man, that was great. I love that. Great way to send them off. You know, it's weird. I felt a little mixed, I think, the second time I watched it as to whether or not that last shot kind of cheapens the shot a bit from All Good, all things. good things. Cheapen is maybe the wrong word for it, but, you know, they're all, that's obviously what they're going for. But it's, oh, like, yeah. it's kind of we've been here before. I mean, maybe it's the only way you can end it. I don't but, think it cheapens it at all. I mean, they're paying homage to it. They're honoring it. Like, they're deliberately calling back to it because they're like, all good things being the greatest serious finale of all time. Here, yeah, here. It's near perfect. What are you talking about? It is perfect. 
There's just one. There's one no, line fuck that's you. not perfect. Okay, there's one on. line that's not perfect. Move on. I don't want you ruining my... No, they made a mistake. made a mistake. It's, it's just a continuity error. It's fine. Don't worry, worry about it. It's fine. Listen, they said all three beams were from the Enterprise, and they weren't. One was <laughs> fuck from you, the, man. Jesus. One was from the Pasteur. <laughs> one was from the Pasteur. The other two were from the Enterprise, but one was from the Pasteur. It's the chicken and the egg. Only Jeff, thing. The chicken and the oh, egg. Boy. Let's Only move on. Only thing that was, diff- that was the problem there, and like that's okay. <laughs> But because it was so perfect, I feel like the only thing you can do now is pay homage to it. Like, yeah, guys, remember how that was awesome? We can't top it. We'll call back to it. And we're not going to try to top it here. Uh, It just makes sense. What was nice is like we actually got to see them like kind of play and have fun, Mm. which they, you know, in all good things, it was a bit more bittersweet, which fit the tone of it because it was his first time at the poker game and he realized that he had been missing out on all of that stuff. And it was perfect thematically. Whereas here, they're just calling back to that. They're not trying to top it. They're just showing kind of the evolution a little bit where, you know, like they can kind of like relax and have fun. And it's, I don't know, I feel like it doesn't step on it at all. It's an homage to it, shows the love for that, and acknowledges that, yep, that was good. We can't do it better than that. I'm okay. I mean, I agree with mostly what you said there, Jeff. I mean, I think they could have, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's all, again, nostalgia is the key word for this series and this season. So, not this series, but this season. So, they just wanted to hark back to that. Mm, You can't beat it, so sure, steal all of it. Can't beat them, join them. Sure. Or something. I guess why try? <laughs> it's like you tried your well, exactly. best. Exactly. Yeah, you can. Lesson is never try. There you go. <laughs> Good lesson. All right. How about that? Post-credit stinger? Stinger is the right word. <laughs> why did we do that whole season two where Q died? <laughs> you didn't. And let's just, you know, forget. even if you forget all of that happening, you don't even need this. Well, I'm this just confused. Stupid. I'm just confused that, okay, so they do all of this. So they have the scene with, so we'll go back, like you got Seven and Jack and Raffi on the bridge of the Enterprise G, and they do all of that stuff. And then they come here to the stinger with cues like, oh, your trial's just beginning, and they do all that stuff. Okay. And then, you know, every interview I've read and all the, and listened to, and they're like, yeah, we don't have anything in. We're not doing another show, or maybe we'll do it. We're not doing anything right now. No, no, they're trying to. This is a, this is f- bait for people getting excited. No, but this I'm is- fine with that. But like, why are they being like, yeah, you know, maybe, oh, maybe not. I well, don't- they've learned their lesson from Kathleen Kennedy. You overpromise something, then it doesn't pan out. Then you yeah. shit on, right? So they're just, just playing their cards tight to the chest, which is fine. That's the probably the bright business move and marketing move to do it. But showing this is saying this is your bait for what we're going to do on the new show if we get greenlit. And that's their hope. Obviously, Metallus and all these other people want paychecks and they want work and they want to continue. But this worries the shit out of me. This is a, I don't know, it's garbage shit to me, man. But that's just me. I did not need this. I dealt with Q. Q said his goodbyes. I know you can bring him back through the non-linear thinking, like he was visiting Jack before he died in time and all that stuff and how you play it. Sure, fine. You can manipulate your way around whatever you want to do because he's Q. But I don't need to see it, and I don't want Q hounding anyone else anyways, especially Jack or anyone else on the Enterprise. We've done this to death. We don't need new trials. It's just, I don't know. This just screams desperation and stupidity to me. I do want the show, though. Yeah, but, I want okay, the show, but I don't need Q. You guys look good, though. You guys agree, yeah. though, this is shit, right? No, uh, I- I don't know if I'd use garbage shit. No, I okay, don't. at least you use garbage shit. I like garbage shit. <laughs> 
Finally, someone else said it. On the, the, the show. The, I don't so, use two adjectives to describe things, so I'm not. <laughs> you do when it's that bad. He looks good, though. I Fuck, man. It's not about looks. What's with you? It's, it's all about substance. Looks. No, no, substance. No, 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 no. I'm all surface. Okay. You scratch right. the surface, you just get more surface for me. That's all I'm interested in. Okay. As long as you admit it, Jeff. All I want is surface. I don't know. It was kind of weird. It just sort of feels like it does invalidate like more of season two, which is... I mean, the less we think about season two, the better. Yeah. But I mean, the end for Q, it's like, OK, I just feel like we can just naturally like, we can just like sunset some of these legacy characters. Right. Maybe have some bring back. I think Gates McFadden would want to do Beverly again. I think she's kind of talked about it recently, although I don't know if that's just kind of like trying to gin up some I'm trying to think the right word, just some interest in her and the show. OK, so maybe, you know, kind of have her as like a recurring guest on like, you know, like a new Star Trek show with the x titan you know and captain seven and stuff like that i don't know if i necessarily need to have like q i don't know it's real tough because like i love john delancey and he's so fun as that character it's a little bit like when he was on voyager it's like i don't need this but he's so much yeah. fun that's mm -hmm. like i kind of forgive it i don't need I it mean, but i'll take it i agree with what you guys said but no more please but you will watch all more no if, i if love there, john if delancey there, if there's an eight it. part if there's an eight part limited q series Harry, you'd watch it. Well, if, it's, if it's just Q, John Delancey, <laughs> no. solo show, and nobody else, he's not interacting with anyone else, I'm in, 100%. Or he's just only what's hounding he doing? Patrick Stewart. Hmm? Just, like, what's he doing if it's just... Uh, I want a reality just, show of just, just taking the Delan shit. It's one whole no, episode where like he's... Going the, for uh, groceries. No. <laughs> no. What's the... I can't remember. There's like uh, in Voyager when they go to the Q continuum. I can't remember if it's like a scarecrow. <laughs> And it was a cute, it's like, it's a whole right. episode of it, like, just like. He's just like sitting the, there and you see yeah. the tumbleweeds just go yeah. by, right? Because I right. think that's, that's like one of those things where he says, like, we've all been like the scarecrow. I think like the implication we've that it's like, like, we've all just sort of been just there. We've just become that and we sit there forever. <laughs> that, that was a great episode. I loved that episode. That was actually a kind of a fun episode. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a very odd mechanic to introduce to the queue with Quinn. I thought it was great. Q wanted to die. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Assisted suicide, social commentary, good stuff. I hated all those episodes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was good. Anyways, I'm not anyway. into more Q. I think it's done. It's been done. And I don't want more trials in him bugging more Picards. I think it's stupid. Anyways, that's just me. I guess since we're talking about it, then they are looking to push a new show, whether it happens or not. Seems you guys are on board. They haven't really talked too much about if it's going to happen or not. Well, I mean, because they're not greenlit, right? It's all about the success of this show and momentum and what they're going to do in Paramount+. Plus. Obviously, ratings for this show will dictate if another show is going to exist I, like with legacy I, characters or legacy offspring. I don't know if it would necessarily... I mean, partly it'll be like the ratings of this show, but I think it's also... I think they do want to have more Star Trek shows, right? Because Discovery's ending. They've got the Starfleet Academy show in the wings. That one's been greenlit. Not sure how many more seasons uh, Lower Decks is going to get necessarily. You know, because that one always seems like it's like a little bit touch and go, even though I think popular. I don't know ratings wise how well it does. Well, it's doing it's, well enough to like it's getting another. They have to do two season orders, uh, I think, because of the animation. I, I don't think we should count that because it's animation. So right. Okay. It's just a beast of its own there. 
I don't think so because they still have to like plan out not how the shows themselves fit together like a Marvel thing, but like they have to plan out like a couple of years of programming. And it's like, well, we got a spot here. Are we going to have something Star Trek here in this like window of time? Right. So I think that they got to kind of kind of look at that. It's like, can we have a I'm just going to call it like a seven of nine show? Where does that kind of fit into the ecosystem? Yeah. Because the Section 31 show has been dropped and that's a movie now. No, yeah, it's a movie now. Yeah. Yes. So is there like a spot opening for like a a seven of nine show? I hope they do do it, but I haven't really heard too much about if it's actually going to happen. I mean, it's obviously been set up. And if they green light another show, that's probably what they would want to do. The finale just happened five days ago, right? So yes, that's a good point. If it's me and I'm, I'm just some asshole, I don't have any insight. If I were to guess, I think the calculus on it is Picard. I think it was episode four, Picard made it into the top 10 streaming shows in the Nielsen ratings. First for a Star Trek show. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out because we don't know the results of past that. But this has been season three of Picard's been a hit for Paramount Plus. So, like, I think the interest is there. If it's me, I'm looking at that potential spinoff and I want it to. I want to watch it. Mostly just because I like Seven. I like Jerry Ryan. I think she's terrific. I want to see that. I think the calculus there is like, all right, well, what are we going to do with this show? Because we have Strange New Worlds, which is also, you know, I think doing fairly well for them. It's a success. It's a success. So if we're doing that show, great. we got Lower Decks. Fine. We've got Prodigy. You know, they're cartoons and they're, they're their own thing. Discovery's ending. But I'm thinking, like, what type of format are we doing with a we'll call it Star Trek Legacy. We've got Strange New Worlds doing the kind of week-to-week Planet of the Week show, and they're doing a good job with it. I don't know if they want two of those, right? So then they want... So what's the format of the Star Trek Legacy? Because Discovery was also kind of fulfilling that initially. Actually, I don't know what role. No, they weren't. Discovery was like it was the first of the new Star Treks, right? So it was kind of fulfilling the sort of contemporary adult prestige TV version of Star Trek, the serialized you know, a bit darker, a bit more adult type of show. And then Picard kind of elbowed its way in onto that, for better or worse, right? Like, they didn't do as good a job. So with Discovery ending Picard out there, so would that be what they want Legacy to be? And if so, does it work? Because Mm. Picard didn't always work. Discovery also doesn't always work. So are they going to try to, like, take that corner again? Well... What I'm getting is that most fans love about the season is all the nostalgia. Just seeing not just the characters back together again as an ensemble, seeing the Enterprise D, seeing the Enterprise D in action, and all the nostalgia bait, like all the member berries. That's what everyone wants. That's what everyone's giving this season a praise for. I don't think that's a strength. I think it's nice to see, but you can't base a show around that. No, and it's no, so, is that what is that if what I don't it, have the character like exactly so you for that part no, but I think seven of nine is still like a popular enough character. Also, remember, like for some people, like we kind of grew up in like a certain era of Trek where like we watched the original series, but then like we were super young when Next Gen came out. I know people who like they started with Voyager, right? Yeah. So like that's their Star Trek, and so. I think Seven of Nine is a popular enough character amongst like the different corners of the fandom that's like they're like, okay, here's a nugget and we can build off of that. 
I don't think that I'm not tied into any social media, but I think the character of Jack is not wholly offensive to anyone. So he's probably no, just blind, no, blind enough to kind of fit in he's, there. He's decent. Rafi, I don't know, real hit and miss. I think the actor is good. I just don't think that the character was all that great. I, I wonder if they could. I don't know if this is too derivative, but I wonder if they could almost make it a Voyager spinoff in theme, like where they're blasted into another part of the galaxy. And I don't know. I think kind of thing. I I know if they floated that idea, then just the social media would have a field day if they they tried that. I just mean like, but you know what I'm saying? Like something, it can't just be rolling around doing missions for Starfleet because that's what Strange New Worlds is doing right now. So, you know, just I'd like to float something by you. Okay, now, I know you guys are all into Seven. I like Jerry Ryan. I don't have, personally, a lot of interest in just watching her, Rafi, and Jack on the Enterprise G with Q and Toe and all that stuff. Even though I like the girl who played Sydney LaForge, like Jordy's daughter, she was pretty good. I like the other guy. Bridge crew. Already a lot better than Discovery for me, even though I'm not a fan of Rafi. I thought she had good moments with Worf, but that's a separate story. And I don't buy the authenticity that these are people, except for Seven, who could be on the command positions on the bridge of the Enterprise. Because now Seven's been part of this series for three seasons. So she's had her quote-unquote fill. And I'm not saying we can't see more of Seven. But what do you think of just having, you know, because the success of TNG the reunion of these characters and i'm not saying we have to have a specific ds9 or a specific voyager reunion where it's just only those characters interacting but just a whole show of just everybody all the other shows including tng whoever wants to participate or whatever good storylines you could craft where you're kind of doing the more bigger picture mcu kind of thing which star trek kind of i was about to say so basically the avengers of yeah i mean why not why just restrict it to a character or just a series you I involve everybody. And I think that's your next step for success. And one of my criticisms of this season is you involve the changelings and it really went nowhere. You know, we didn't even talk about the changelings at all. It just shows how stupid and unimportant they were for this season in the end. But imagine that it, the events of this show is a kickoff point and the fallout of that. And your central premise could be DS9, but you're involving other characters. You could involve Voyager characters, TNG characters, whoever can participate there. You could craft a story around the fallouts of this season and, and the changelings or anything. But on, but Come up on, with something else. On Deep Space Nine. You don't have to do it on DS9, but you could no. just the idea of changelings being involved in this season. You're involving some DS9 characters. It doesn't have to be. You could no, visit I, DS9 I, or not. I'd be happy with some DS9 characters. And I actually think it would be cool if you actually did bring them together on Deep Space Nine on the station. I think that would be fun. I think you're limited with, you could do Kira and Bashir and O'Brien. Cisco's kind of dead. No, no, he will he make lives, a return. No, he lives, he lives. forever, but he's kind of dead. <laughs> I want Cisco, please. I just don't think it's. I, think I know. That, so that whole speech was just to get Avery Brooks back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you guys Please. know me so well, but no, on a serious no, note, I, I don't no, think I that'll think happen. Fine. I think it's a fine idea. To be honest, I do think it's a fine idea to get characters from yeah, broader level, different characters from those shows. I actually think it would be fun if it was on a space station. I think that would be neat. Uh, and so, like, why wouldn't you use Deep Space Nine? Garrick. Did Garrick survive? Yeah, at least yeah, he, from yeah, DS9 he, he did. Yeah, thought he died. No, no, no. He he's, did not. No, he survived, like, the battle of, like, when they retook. Okay. 
Cardassia, I believe. Okay. It was the other guy that died. Damar died. Damar died. Damar, yeah. Yeah, Damar and Dukat also died in the because he's the one who fucking spike tackled Cisco into the fire pits, was he not? Right. No, yeah. it's the other way around. Cisco tackled him. Did he? Yes, dude. They both That's died true. though. They both turbo died. Right. I know he's in the Celestial Temple and all that, but I'd be fine with that. I mean, there's just there's not that many DS9 characters left. No, but there's uh, enough. I yeah. take them. Uh, a lot I, of them, I, like as actors, are largely retired. <laughs> That's the other thing, right? Well, like, the, I yeah, mean, like Colomini's like, still out there, and yeah, I guess uh, yeah, he works. Yeah. I don't think the Nav Visitor does much, but I mean, she could pull a Gates McFadden and come back out of retirement. Renee Bourgeois, obviously, unfortunately, has passed away. Avery Brooks is, he's in that detention Thanks. center on the moon, on the dark side <laughs> of the moon. So I don't think we're going to see him. I love it. I just love it. Every episode, without fail. I love it. Unfortunately, they killed Terry Farrell, and I don't want new Dax at all. She kind of sucked. But Alexander Siddig still works, so he could yes. be on the show. He's good. He's a good actor, too. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's yeah. very I would dig some of that. A hundred percent, I'd dig some of that. Yeah, and just other, just Star Trek as a whole should, you know, if you're just going down this route of a celebration, then you could do one more series where you're just celebrating all the characters yeah. from the worst to the best. And you have them interact. Ooh, Original ooh. Avengers. And the story is <laughs> it's not about Cisco. It's who, about who else in Voyager Kirk. do we bring back? Tuvok. Hard <laughs> stop. Come on, yeah. guys. Hard hey, come on, guys. This whole show has to be, you know, the search for Kirk. Resurrection of Kirk. Well, they know where he is. They don't have exactly. to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a dish <laughs> it's a, it's a one episode season, guys. Yeah. It's perfect. What are you talking about? That show's over before the credits roll. And I yet it's, it's the like, best episode of Trek oh ever. You guys remember Alien Resurrection with all the Ripley clones? And yeah. It's just like, oh, call me. Yeah. That'll be the, the Kirk. They bring him out of his back to tank or whatever oh, he said. Just have him fight George Takei. Let's just do that. Just a mono a mono. No, it would be a threesome <laughs> with George Takei and Walter Koenig. <laughs> They'd both try and take Shatner on. There you go. Yeah, That's like, great. <laughs> I mean, it's not even close. Shatner went. Motherfucker's no. been to space. It's not even close. <laughs> That's right. Oh, great stuff. Okay. There's a show, guys. That's a show. So that's Star Trek Picard. That's the series. That's the season. That's the series. Man, I don't even know where to start. Nathan, why don't you start us off? Like, just, yeah, just go. Can I just interrupt just very quickly, guys? Sorry. So, Nathan, you haven't done the Picard reviews with us before. So if you're going into our final kind of overall thoughts there, Jeff, and we kind of ranked the Picard seasons out of 10, if you yeah. recall. Are we getting down to the end here, Jeff? I think so, man. I mean, unless you got another idea. No other idea. I do have a question for each okay. of you then before we get there to our final, final thoughts. Which TNG character, and you can only pick one, do you think was serviced the best this season? Riker. Okay. Nathan? Mm, I think Crusher. You're talking about Beverly Crusher, right? Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Beverly Crusher. Yeah. It would have been a tie between Beverly and Jordy, but I'm going to give the edge to Jordy just because he got those character beats with Data, which were very good. I thought it would be Riker too. He had a great start, but it just went downhill with his grief and some of those weird lines he had with Worf. Same with Worf. I thought he was good at the beginning and it just kind of just dwindled a little bit as the season went on and didn't have much to add in the second half as he did in the first half. But Jordy to me is my winner here. I just thought I was curious who, you, which character you thought was serviced the most. I guess then the question I have then, none of you said Picard. So is that a disappointment for you guys? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess on the one hand, I guess you would say, sure. I mean, it's his show. This isn't the name Picard. <laughs> That's the name of the name of the game. But at least in this season, I don't think there was any legacy character, like the prime characters all were serviced well. 
I don't think any of them had a bad year here. I think they were all really, really good. So it's almost a seven-way tie for me. The reason I said Riker is just, I think he probably had the most screen time of anybody. Like, he was there from episode one on, and he had great moments with Patrick Stewart. He had great moments with Dorn. He had moments with Marina. I just think that he brought it. Well, uh, he did bring it, year. especially in the beginning. Yeah. I thought he was going to just take the show and, you know, take it like, yeah. you know, Kirk takes, like Shatner takes every scene. I thought he was just yeah. going to do that and just own it. And he started that way and it just, it fizzled for me. It petered off. And I, I think a lot of that was due to, I think the show had restrictions to it. Just like, we got to get all these people back. And like, they had breaks for the whole thing. And they had the other actors more heavily in the back half. So they kind of had to give breaks of shit up front so that they had room for, you know, for LeVar and for Marina and for Dorn and, you know, and those guys like later on, right? Because they just didn't have them at the start. But I don't, I mean, LeVar is a good choice though, dude. Like Jordy and LeVar, he 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 owned it. I mean, when I think back to some of the stuff that Frakes was doing, man, he stunned me with how good he was i don't know i mean yeah lavar was great too i mean the only disappointing member for me and i hate to say it was Spiner. like yeah he was fine like he was good he had he did have good moments yeah he was my least favorite they just he wrote him in so they could all be together he really had no place there he didn't have a whole lot to do i really don't think they could have done it without him as data it just wouldn't have felt right um, no no of course not yeah you know I just wish data was called information or info for short this time is like, as I said, info, <laughs> info. <Yo> info. That's right. <laughs> That's the upgrade info. Yikes. <laughs> Your spreadsheet. That's right. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I guess. Sorry, Nathan, you could get to your final thoughts. Okay, so how does this work then? So I guess because you weren't here. So Jeff, if I recall, you gave them the previous two seasons bare passing grades, like a five or a six out of ten. I yeah, don't know I, which season I each. Think, and... I think I gave season one a seven and season two like a five. Yeah, something like that. Something so, like that. So I guess I'm interested, Nathan, what your rankings are for the first two seasons. If you can rank it out of 10, if you recall enough of, of those seasons, and then what you'd give this one out of 10, along with any of your other thoughts, your closing thoughts. Okay, so it's been a while since I saw or watched uh, season one, but I think I'd probably give it a six out of 10. Season one, like a six out of 10. Like the first half I thought was good, and then it really kind of dropped off towards the end for me. Season two, I mean, I think I'll give it a four. and That's like generous. And this season, I think I'd give it an eight, an eight out of ten. Some things about like I don't like. And I mean, yes, it's one big nostalgia bait show. But at this point, I'm like, you know what? I'll take it and I'm going to eat it up regardless. So I almost wish that this was the start of this miniseries. Here, like, here. We'll get, I mean, overall, I'm glad they did it. I mean, it was kind of nice like to see Stuart come back to the character. I think that there are a lot of interesting ideas going on in each season. It's kind of hard to say like where they went wrong exactly. But then I think season three was like this huge course correction. Like, okay, we got to get the fans back on board. And, like whatever it takes, whatever it takes, we get the whole gang back together. I was okay with having the changelings involved in this because I don't know if I necessarily separate it out as like, well, that's a DS9 villain, right? I'm a little more comic booky where, you know, I can 
I'm okay with Batman fighting Lex Luthor from time to time. Like, for yeah. me, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. So those are just kind of my thoughts. Okay. Jeff, how about I give you the last word? I'll go next. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I enjoyed the season to watch it, but again, mainly because it was most of seeing the TNG crew together as an ensemble again and interacting with each other. And then obviously the joy of seeing the Enterprise D again. I mean, that was a feat and it was awesome to see. And I'm glad they did that, even though, you know, nostalgia bait and all that stuff, as we've talked about. I do love some of the character moments and the character beats with the crew, but I really don't get the praise the show is getting from fans because... You know, the main point of contention from the previous two seasons was storytelling shortfalls. And we got the same kind of stuff here, except it was just, you know, because all the characters are back together and the Enterprise is D's there. It doesn't give the pass for the story. The story was a problem. You know, um, Metallus, to me, is like J.J. Abrams Jr., in a sense. Like, he's like a thief. He just pats himself on the back for his, his supposed ingenuity. Regarding a ranking, I gave the first two seasons a fail. I think, just like Nathan, the season two, I gave the worst grade. I can't remember what it was, but it was underneath five for both of them. I'll give this one a 5.5 or a six this season. It's a pass. But really, the last two or three episodes really, like, I was on a road to go give it a eight or nine until the last couple of episodes. And as much as I liked some of seeing what I saw in the last couple of episodes, there were some really good character moments as we've talked about with say Picard and Riker or Jordy and Beverly and all that kind of stuff and even some father-son moments which were good it wasn't meaningful enough for me like there's no Star Trek here it's just fan service we questioned some of the morality before with Picard and Beverly they were just going to murder a Vatic I mean, nothing was addressed. We talked about some shortcomings with the changelings and Vatic and Amanda Plummer. They weren't used properly. Bringing the board back and this the resolution with the Boric here was not enough for me to give it a higher grade. If they did better job, they could have done it in this episode. I would have given it a much higher grade. But I was left feeling very disappointed, even though I love the last few shots of the show with the crew all back together. I mean, that's all great stuff. I loved it. Puts a smile on my face. And I can't say I didn't enjoy it. But I know I'm very hard on my critiques for Star Wars or Star Trek or or anything that I do on the show. But, you know, for the things that I really love, and especially Star Trek, because I think Star Trek, as I talked about, has that intellectual thinking man status. And I want the great storytelling back. I want the great character development back. And you can do both. They could have even done something unique here in this episode, but they didn't even go for it. And I thought they were going to do it. As I mentioned, I thought they were going to do it in the first part of the of the season and just failed in the last 30, 35 percent of the show. Just derailed it for me on a hardcore level. That's my take. I'm satisfied now seeing them around the table, even though we talked about legacy show or potential mixing of different shows and a potential new show. That can be great. But, you know, in the end, I kind of think I would rather this be the end now, the finality of the TNG characters. We got a fan fiction meta ending. Seeing the cast together was great. You got even data back, even though he shouldn't have been there. So I'm good. I don't need to see him again. I'm going to say this, though, guys, and I'm, I know this is going to piss everybody off. I still think all good things and even Nemesis are my endings for the TNG crew here. When I think of these characters, I think of I think of that. I don't like thinking of these three seasons of Picard, even though as positive it has been for this season. In my head, canon, I think all good things. And I think Nemesis. Data died sacrificing himself. That was his journey. And there was hope, even though it was, was shitty before, but there was always hope. And the characters went on their way and they had better lives and they were all better for it. And all was good. You know, the adventure continues and I like to leave it there. 
Jeff, up to you now. The stirring, stirring arguments. No, good job. I think that's a lot of good points. My rating on this season is probably an 8 out of 10, if only because I think it was really great to see the characters again, and, and they had really good moments to close out their characters where they did not have a chance to do so in Nemesis. All good things is is the finale. I don't think there's any question about that. That's the finale. That there are movies after that even good ones, two good ones anyway. That's just because the finale was almost accidentally so awesome. So, but yeah, Nemesis can eat my ass, and I'm happy <laughs> that uh, every time eat my ass. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so it's it's kind of nice to have this series. But I think they could have done a better job with the story, with the plot. Like, I think the characters were serviced really, really well. Everybody got their due, good moments, like authentic to their characters, like good arcs. The story itself was a bit silly, uh, to be honest. It was a bit fan fiction-y, as we've talked about, but it hit me in the right place. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it, man. I fell for all the nostalgia plays all the member berries, all the whatever we want to fucking call it. I, I fall for it all, and I know I'm falling for it, but I'm okay with it. It was still pretty good, you know? I've got plenty of notes, and we've gone over a lot of those criticisms as uh, we've talked about on our show, but it was really nice to spend some time with these characters again. So I'll leave it at that, I guess. I hope they do a spinoff. I hope that they construct it a bit better to be a Star Trek show, that would be really nice. But yeah, interesting journey. Interesting journey, these three seasons, for sure. At least it was an improvement over the first two, and we got to see oh, yeah. them all back together. That's really the win. There's your win. That's right. That's the win. And it is too bad that this wasn't season one. And even if there was only one season, it would have been nice if this was the season. That would have been fine. You know, the other two seasons just... I understand what they're going for, but would have been better if it was it. But anyway, all right. Well, I guess there's a show. That's the show. No, that's it. Star Trek Picard. It's always fun doing the bi-weekly shows with you guys. I guess we're... Man, I guess we're done. I kind of feel, kind of feel hollow inside now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you never know if there's maybe another show. You can look into doing that one. There will be more Star Trek, and we can choose to review it or not, I suppose. How about that? Yeah, leave it open. We'll leave yeah, it open. Exactly. Be like B4 whistling at the end of Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just that's there's right. that hint. Like, maybe. That's good, guys. Well, thanks for, for doing the show with us. We'll be back with a regular episode at some point here in the near future, which we'll look forward to. Yeah. Long kiss, good night. Your turn. Long kiss, good night is our, yeah, our next feature. So look forward to that. And just see you guys next time. All right. Sounds good. It's been a pleasure, guys. It was fun doing, doing yeah, this all fun. Yeah, it was fun to talk about. It was good. All right. Cheers. It wasn't until this moment, reunited with all of you, I realized what I've missed most, the carpet. Mr. Data set a direct course for Earth, maximum warmth. Aye, Captain. Course laid in, sir. She's ready. Engage.